Check, check. Is this thing working? Hello, my friends. My name is Adam McRoberts, and this is the Do Big Things Podcast. We just got back from helping out a whole slew of runners at the Leadville 100. I saw so much grit and determination out there, it was impossible not to be inspired. We had a handful of athletes out there, and we paced and crewed a bunch as well. We get butts across finish lines, and this last weekend was no exception. Maybe I'll get into it more next week. Uh, I got a couple ideas rolling around in my head and there's a lot to dive into. Uh, I want to thank everyone that stopped by and said hi. Uh, There were a few people that said they'd heard of us or they listened to the podcast. I'm sorry if I was awkward or weird. This whole thing is kind of new, but you know, truth be told, I'm I'm glad you guys came and said hi. It makes me uh, realize that there might be a few people out there listening to this and, uh, it means a lot to me, and I really want to thank Maggie for following us on Patreon and dropping a donation and helping to keep this show alive. Let's take over. Let's build a movement. Let's do big things. This week, we've got a super, super inspiring episode. These guys epitomize our Do Big Things slogan. Andrew Hamilton and his partner, Andrea Sansone, are on the show this week talking about Andrew's latest adventure. He just set the fastest known time for the Colorado Centennials, the highest 100, which is 100 highest peaks of Colorado. And he did it in a mind-bending 22 days. Andrea was there crewing and pacing him for the entire duration. Now, in my circle, Andrew Hamilton is known as the godfather of Nolan's 14. Uh, I guess I just sort of assumed that when these guys plan on a big adventure to go out and tackle, everything goes smooth and there's no mistakes or accidents because they've done this stuff so many times before. But much to my surprise, uh, things don't always go as planned. Even the king of Colorado 14ers can run into hiccups and problems. And thankfully for us, they dish it all out. I could listen to these guys talk all night. I'm so happy they came on the show, and I know you're going to dig this as much as I did. Follow us for exclusive content by following patreon.com slash dobigthings. By following us on Patreon, you will get to see the B-sides. You'll also have a chance to know who's coming up on the show, so you can ask them questions yourself. You want to be a part of the tribe? This is it. Follow us for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash dobigthings. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats and socks to everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is fantastic at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. I saw a bunch of Exoskin at uh, the Leadville 100 this last weekend. If you're into anything outdoors, you got to check their stuff out. Uh, they've been through the most challenging races in the world and stand behind their product with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you try it, you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. So you have nothing to lose. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Use our promo code, capital BTC, for 15% off. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez, my man, is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find just even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to nutrition. You want to take your fitness to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. 
Even if you're not an elite athlete, maybe you just want to be healthier and feel better, contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success. He's going to get you feeling good. He's going to get you feeling better. Last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day without worrying about driving. You can have a couple at night and not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol. Check them out, athleticbrewing.com, and use my discount code, capital, McRobertsA20. All one word, all caps. For 20% off, the best non-alcoholic beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping. Enjoy the taste without the hangover, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Andrew Hamilton and Andrea Sanson. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a couple of fantastic guests for you this week, and uh, I can't wait to chat with them and hear about what they've been up to lately. I've got Andrew Hamilton and Andrea Sandstone. So thank you guys so much for joining me on the Do Big Things podcast, and uh, I I can't wait to hear what you've been up up to. It it seems like you're always doing something. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Of course. It's a lot different being able to see you. (laughs) I know. This is nice. Last time it was just on the phone, and I feel like I didn't do you any justice with the sound quality there, so we got to make up for that. (laughs) Um, So, Andrew, you just had a big sojourn, um, the highest 100 peaks of Colorado, and you set the fastest known time for that. Um, let's just get into it, man. I want to hear all about it. And, yeah. and, and by the way, uh, our mutual friend, TJ Pitts mentioned that it didn't all go smoothly. <laughs> he, he just oh, said, he yeah. said there was a lot of mishaps along the way. He said, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he made it sound like someone almost died and a car broke down and all kinds of stuff was going on. So I, I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, oh, it was well, like, it was like, dying was oh, on day one. oh yeah, it was like, all mishaps, what? Basically, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's starting from day one. Yeah. It didn't go as planned. So okay. we threw the plan out the window after Calabra, which was yeah. the first peak. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so, so basically the lead up to this thing was, you know, I did the 14er record 
back in 2015. Yes. And, uh, you know, so that's Colorado 14ers in record time. And so after that, I was sort of like looking, well, what's the next big thing? You know, what, what could I do after the 14ers? And, uh, and so I sort of have had this, this Centennials idea on the radar since then. I started sort of thinking about routes to do it. I hadn't done all the Centennials. I mean, I actually didn't even get them done until I did the 100, uh, this record thing. I still had a few, like, you know, okay. few out there that I hadn't quite finished. Um, but but so I started we started so for the last five years, you know, and in the, in, at that time, nobody had done them in a single season before, you know, but right. over these l- last six years, it's been done three times and two guys basically spent the whole summer, you know, on their bike out there by themselves, you know, biking. Yep. And then there was another guy that had driven himself around like as part of this three states big thing where he, he spent the summer out there. Um, but the way I wanted to do it just sort of like super fast with a support crew that had never been done, you know, and you know, obviously with a support crew you can do it really fast, you know, faster than it had been done. So, so anyway, we've spent like five years where a lot of our, you know, trips that we've done over the summers and stuff were all sort of scouting trips kind of in a way, you know, yeah. we're doing some out maybe bringing the kids, but at the same time, we're just scouting out some routes just to see how they, they would work and how these linkups would work up for some of these. Peaks. Yeah. Some of these routes were like what he used in the record, such as the Centennial Elks Traverse. We scouted, we did a big, um, we did that on foot um, a few years back, and then we did a big Weminuge wipeout trip. But we did um, we didn't do uh, RGP in that trip, so that was something different that Andrew added in for the true Weminuge wipeout for this one. And then we also did uh, we scouted like Snuffles to Dallas, for example, and um, oh just a couple like just big scouting trips like that that really um, kind of got. Andrew and I really excited for the possibility of this record coming to fruition. Yeah. And for people that don't necessarily know what all those things are, you know, like Centennials, uh, Elks Traverse and uh, the Weminuch, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we could probably get into that as, as we, oh, we yeah. talk, talk yeah. more. For yeah. sure. This is something you guys have been planning for a long time though. Um, the oh last yeah. Time- and, and you know, and actually we've, there was one year where I was probably about a week and thank goodness it didn't work out. But I was, yeah. it was a week from starting, you know, I mean, I had my Palabra, you know, ticket sort of oh, paid no. for, yeah. and I had the, the train thing was all set to go. And, uh, and then, you know, there was like this big fire down actually caused by the train that you usually take to get uh, to, to get into the Chicago basin. Yeah, area. Do you remember the big, uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. So they closed the San Juan, which had never happened in their history before. They yeah. had never actually closed the whole, you know, San Juan's down. Yeah. And so, so that sort of canceled it that year. And, it seems like there was a couple other years where it was getting close. And then for whatever reason, it just, you know, just didn't happen. You know, like one year I got a job. Right. Right. You got a job. And then I guess the the other year, uh, last year we did Holy Nolans. So right. that kind of took up a big chunk of um, just like our focus. Because um, it was a big thing. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I had actually had like a, an 18 day plan. But, you know, I was expecting it to take about 20 days. Okay. Didn't quite even hit, hit that because of all the, the bad luck we had. But, uh, but it's just hard because, you know, it's hard to find people that can take three weeks off or even a week, you know. And so to have Andrea, it really made that possible because you kind of need one person there that's there the whole time. It's just too hard if one person's there for a while and then they're gone for someone else to come in and sort of learn the ropes like on the yeah. play it just wouldn't wouldn't happen you really know? hard yeah. to have people coming in and out yeah. um it's just not ideal but yeah sure. so logistically it's just hard to pull off it really is yeah. yeah yeah so how many people did you have on your crew 
Yeah. So we had, um, so obviously myself and then um, our good friend, Vince, he was uh, Vince noon. He was there with us the very first week mm -hmm. after that first week he left and Andrew's sister, Laura and brother-in-law Dave came in mm -hmm. and they were there for about 10 days. Um, and then after that they left and then I was on my own for the remainder oh, really? of the time. Okay. And yes. Yeah, so, so how many days were you left on your own? Um, it was probably a week and a half. Week and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And, and so it, it was, uh, you know, basically everyone sort of, sort of fell into different roles. You know, Vince was kind of there. He was, you know, the, everything got scrapped like the original plan. He was going to be our sort of our San Juan four wheel drive guy, you know? Oh and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but then the whole plan got messed up. He ended up, it, it was great to have him though. Cause even where we were in the saw watch, a lot of those roads were, they were still pretty beaten up, you know, yeah, so it was it nice was, having him driving us it around. It was really cool. Yeah. Like it was nice to be able to split the four wheel driving. He has a truck. And okay. um, so we were able to split the four wheel driving. And when I was just tired and trying to figure out other plans, he, I was like, Vince, go get food, you know, Vince, <laughs> go carry his pack, you yeah. know, he go was, hike he with was him. Also like, I was like, I Vince, you're him. the one getting yeah. up at three in the oh, morning yeah. to oh, go yeah. hike with him because I'm not going <laughs> to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, he was my pack man. So, you know, I was following this this thing called the 3000 foot rule. So, so basically the idea is, is uh, you know, in order to count a peak, when you're within 3000 feet of the summit, either on the way up or down, you, uh, you, you're on your own. Well, you, you can have people hike with you, but you have to carry all your own gear. You have to like navigate on your own, stuff like that. But below that, that line, that, that 3000 foot line, everything goes, you know, people can carry your pack. I mean, they could oh, carry, really? if, if, you know, if you could get a big <laughs> enough crew, right. you know, but, uh, but I do, I, in the old days, I didn't necessarily like this rule. I kind of wanted to have a rule that was sort of like, just like as fast as possible, you know, kind of like you start in a, you know, start and finish maybe, you know, at a certain trailhead, but everything in the middle would be um, sort of fair game. Right. But now I've actually come to really appreciate this 3000 foot rule because it kind of protects this sort of record from, you know, like, you know, what I would not appreciate would be like someone like you really want someone to really come in and study these peaks and really sure. get to appreciate it for him. And yeah. there's so many people that are just so much faster than me. I mean, they can run circles around me, um, you know, but but uh, and, and, you know, they could theoretically you could just have a team of people. You could have experts in each area that would just come in and guide you through. I just sure. and like to you say could just switch from team to team. So the three thousand foot really it sort of protects it. It keeps it hard, you know? Yeah, I, I like to say it just protects the style and the athlete's performance. Totally. Basically, yeah. you know, and I had mentioned that on our Instagram story. Um, I did like this one slightly interactive kind of thing about the 3000 foot rule because um, actually there was one, um, one section Andrew was headed up to... Um, Huron. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were going to uh, hike up to Huron and support him up there and give him gear, food and resupply him to go over to ice and the apostles and finish up. Yeah, I was like, oh, it'll be easy. You guys just hike up the standard trail, meet me on top of Huron. Right. You know, and so they're right. like, oh, yeah, that's and great. So, and so we were getting all packed up and then we were and I got this message from Andrew and he was like, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. We can't because of the 3000 foot rule. So uh -huh. we ended up um, hiking into Clohese Lake and then uh -huh. uh, giving support there yep. and doing all of that. But um, it's what I like to say is like, it just really protects the athletes doing these types of mountaineering records in a way that um, from the really fast people. Yeah. From <laughs> yeah. The really fast people but also like, um, like, 
carrying, getting your gear carried, you know, getting guided it, and, you know, and just, it really um, creates, it makes it harder. It makes it a lot harder and it makes you do your own homework, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny, just before this conversation, I was out to dinner with my in-laws and they were asking about, you know, what I was doing tonight. And I mentioned you guys and they're like, well, who are you guys talking to? And I was explaining, you know, what you guys were up to over the summer. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy has done like almost all the research as far as like how you get to the peak and then the route that he's taking up. And later on, people can come along and just kind of follow that if they want to. Mm -hmm. With the 3000 rule, it sounds like um, nobody can just come along and, and snag it from you. They're going to have to work for it. Well, they, they can look at his track on yeah. online and, and that's, that's a big deal. That's, that's a big, deal. that's a big yeah. deal. Right. To see yeah. how he links up these peaks, right. but also at the same time, it's like, at least they still have to do the work when they're out there. Right. And they can't just turn their brain off. They have to be like, even though they get that information via Andrew's tracks, mm -hmm. they still have to use their brain out there, which still takes a little bit of work, but you know, Andrew, he is okay with, you know, obviously his tracks being out there once it's done, it's done, you know, mm -hmm. you know, kind of part of the lore of like the, the 14er record was that, you know, like before Roach's guidebook came along, Roach's book was kind of a big deal. It's sort of like, you know, it's this 14er guidebook that has, he has several routes for each peak, whereas, yeah. you know, books that came before him, they really, it was limited like one or maybe two routes, you know? So his book, for me, it really opened up the doors for like thinking of ways to link these peaks up. Um, but the, the lore of the old record was, is like, you know, nobody, like the person who held the record, they would keep their routes closely guarded, you know, these secretive. And, uh, and I remember Cave Dog mentioning that he was calling around some of the former record holders and trying to get, you know, information on routes and how nobody would want to talk to him about it and really? stuff like that. Yeah. But back then, you know, you didn't wear a tracker, you know, there was no way to prove what you did. It was sort of, you know, it was all, you know, on your word. And uh, I do think it's better. It's better now because, uh, you know, you, you can prove it. You know, you've got your tracker and stuff like that. But the downside is that, yeah, if you did have some brilliant route, you know, it's out there in public, you know, once once you've done it, you know, people can see it. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, just having the route, I'll just tell you from my experience, like, man, it's still rough when conditions aren't perfect oh, and it's nice. I can only imagine a whiteout. I mean, yeah, it's like just having that line on your phone. It isn't the whole ball game, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what apps are you usually using out there? Are you using an app on your phone or just like a spot or a Delorme or what are you, what are you using? Well, you know, the tracker is, is a Garmin tracker. It used to be Delorme, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, Oh, okay. And, uh, and so it's basically a GPS, like it, it actually serves a double purpose. Like the original reason I got that tracker was because, uh, you know, then people could follow along online, you know, they, you know, get, go to your little link and they mm -hmm. can hit refresh and see where you're at. So it serves that purpose. It, it's also a great one in that you can send text through it, you know, so you can communicate yes. even when you don't have phone service. And then the other benefit is it's basically a GPS and it's now actually, you know, I, I think I mentioned it was Delorme, but now, now it's uh, run by Garmin, Garmin. and, uh, and so it's basically a GPS. And so the, uh, the, the app that comes with it is called Earthmates. And so, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think it's necessarily the best navigation app. There's some I've seen like Gaia is a really good one. There's, and you know, the, uh, the GPS that you're just like my iPhone automatically has that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Like as far as, you know, like it doesn't need my satellite tracker to figure out where we are. You know, I, like, I don't think it ever really needs it, 
but with the tracker connected, it's able to leave me that track, you know, to sort of follow yeah, back. It's on. nice. You can download yeah. maps and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? So, so, so. We're, we're getting better at it. But right. so, so I pri primarily use Earthmate, which is what came with that, that one, mm -hmm. yep. you know, but there's a lot of options for, for people that say didn't want to have the tracker, you know. And what's yeah. really nice about um, what we did is we um you get so many messages you get like 40 and then it gets super expensive but what was brilliant was his sister lara was like oh you should just um get unlimited messaging and so that's what we did and we downloaded um or we or got the unlimited messaging and it's really saved us we probably sent out close to a oh, thousand messages probably yeah <laughs> it just yeah. made it so whereas we used to have to be super stingy you know and i'd be yeah. like andrea make sure you use up all 160 characters. Yeah, of, because of each text I'm, a, I'm a texter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah. enter. Yeah. How's it going? Enter. Right. Uh, do you want dinner? Yeah. Enter. <laughs> there was one month where that cost me like 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I used to be pretty stingy, but then it was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like an extra 15 bucks in the month and unlimited messages. So that's yeah. what we did. This and thing. it really, it really saved us, you know, it saved us, uh, just so much, uh, throughout the record. It was really awesome. Yeah. 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 No, that's a pro tip right there. I like it. <laughs> um, so how did you tackle this whole thing? Like uh, you're familiar with all, almost all of these peaks. It sounds like there's a few 13ers you hadn't done before. Like mm -hmm. the Sawatch area, did you just tackle that Nolan style and then move on from there? Or what did this look like? Well, okay. So let's see. Well, I mean, what the, I bet, you know, the Sawatch, it was interesting. That's kind of like our home base, but sort of to, to go back, like I could maybe tell you. So like the way we're tackling this was, you know, we, I had this plan, you know, so, so I, the way I've described this to people is like the 14 year record. And I've forgotten a lot of the pain of that record. You know, that was, it feels like it was, it was, everything went so smoothly because I had this plan, you know, and I had failed the year before and I'd learned a lot in failing. You know, I had made it like, I was like 10 peaks from the finish and I just couldn't go on because of, because of an injury. But I learned so much in that failure that the next year I came back and I just had the splits were down, you know, and I was nailing those splits, even though with bad weather, we were still hitting the splits. And, and so it was like, I described that as like this well, you know, choreographed ballet, you know, and. You know, whereas like everyone's just coming in at just the right time and everything was going well, even though we had you know, we had our dramatic moments where this landslides and, you know, you know, bad weather and all this stuff. But but it, everything went perfect and it was just so smooth the, the, the way it followed the plan. Right. Whereas this time I, you know, I describe it as like there's a saying that says that no battle plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Mm -hmm. And that's what this one was like. I, I had the plan. And, you know, I spent several days, you know, trying to fine tune it. And uh, I had a plan A, I had a plan B, depending on certain factors. And it got completely shredded, even really before we started, because, <laughs> uh, because of the weather, you know, so, so a couple of days before we were, were supposed to start, uh, there was a bunch of smoke in the air. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be another smoky year. How am I going to deal with breathing? And then all of a sudden, it just flips. And it was showing just like as far out as the app would show monsoons, like the monsoons came early. And that's one of the reasons I start in like late June is I'm trying to avoid the, the monsoon but, and weather. And it wasn't really monsoon, it was snow and cold yeah. weather. Really? And so it wasn't just your afternoon thunderstorm. Yeah. It was all out everyday cold weather. And, and, and yeah, I guess there was, snow. yeah. And there is good news. Like, so when you have a cold front mixed with the moisture, you don't get as much lightning storms, you know, cause lightning likes to have heat with moisture that's yeah. generally what causes your big lightning storms and and i hate dealing with lightning uh <laughs> but the cold 
man so it was snowing on all these peaks and stuff right and so I you know I got a little nervous at the beginning and we decided well we could postpone a little bit you know so we decided to postpone it and then during all this you know three of the peaks actually were shut off like to access there's these three peaks uh, actually there's four but one of them's kind of unofficial they're called the Calibron and the owner kind of got freaked out about you know liability and stuff yeah. um, and uh, so he just shut the peaks down so now people um, and, and the deal was what the word was, is that they were going to get it opened up. He was just talking to his lawyers, like, what can he do to protect himself and stuff like that? But we didn't know if they were going to be open or not, you know? So like, well, what am I going to do? Cause I don't want to have a big asterisk on this thing. Well, he didn't do these three peaks. And, uh, and so I didn't know what I was going to do. So that was this factor. And, you know, so then I was like, well, how am I going to deal with that? Cause I didn't want to go publicly do them illegally and be public about it because i feel like that could hurt right. the efforts to open it there'd be a lot of people that would have been upset about that right. and uh on the other hand i thought about secretly doing them and not telling anybody and then later mm -hmm. if anyone else was like well you've got an asterisk then i could break out the secret track and be like aha i did do them you sucker you know <laughs> and uh, so i you know but i didn't know how to handle that so that was this big you know thing i didn't know how to deal with and so you know we've got this weather we've got that and then another thing was the, the San Juans, I didn't really know like the time it was going to take to do some of this stuff. And Calabra is another kind of problem because when you schedule like Calabra is privately owned mm -hmm. and uh, at least they're nice enough to let people climb it. Whereas in some years it's been closed as well. But uh, but so you 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 pick your day, you pay for a day. We just and you have, have to no show up at six o'clock in the morning. And yep. we've had before we've had a contact there where they were a little more flexible with us. But this time, no flexibility. And so mm -hmm. I was stressed about well, crap, you know, what if it takes me too long in this spot? How are we going to get to Calabria? And what if we miss Calabria? Then the whole thing's over. Right. And so with this whole, you know, so this is happening days before the thing's starting, you know? And uh, and so anyway, the first thing, one of the first things I decided after talking to my sister was, well, you know, not being able to do those three peaks, maybe what I should do is add in a couple of smaller sort of sub records in there. That would be cool. So even if I couldn't finish the whole Centennials, well, these would be kind of cool standalone records on their own. Uh -huh. So one of those was one Andrea and I had scouted. We called the Centennial Elks Traverse. And it's basically doing all of the Centennial Peaks. So that includes all the 14ers and the, the highest, you know, 13ers uh -huh. in the Elks in one push. And that's not the most efficient way to do that if you're going for speed. Like, you know, if I, like in the 14er record, I did sort of castle by itself. And then you get driven over and do the others in a separate little grouping, uh -huh. right? But it's really cool to do it all together. You know, I like I like that style. And that is this amazing grouping of traverses. Like you just can't beat that anywhere in the state. Really? The classic traverses. So the classic 14er traverse there that you'd be aware of would be like the Maroon Bells traverse is kind of, you know, a classic traverse. But when you do the three extra centennials in this, now you've got, and these are traverses that aren't commonly done, but like cathedral to castle, like it's hard to find any information on that one. And it's got some difficult sections. Thunder Bear Pyramid to Pyramid, which is like the Bell's Traverse, only it feels much more difficult because it's just loose. It's like mm. a loose version of the Maroon Bell's Traverse. Mm. And then Hagerman to Snowmass, which is just, just you know, that gray rock on Snowmass. It's just you never know when a rock you're standing on is going to fall away from you. You know, Andrea and I have scouted that and, and it was mm -hmm. it was pretty intimidating. And then, of course, going from Snowmass to Capital, which I'm really familiar with, but it's it's still difficult. So that's a classic route. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just do that as one big link up. And that by itself is cool. You know, there's a, there's a, a record for that on the FKT site. And, uh, and so I'd go for that. And then the other big one, which Andrea mentioned before, the San Juans is probably like 
it's probably the best area of mountains in the state because it's much more remote than anywhere else as mm -hmm. far as the mountains are con considered. You know, most of the Colorado's ranges are linear and they're usually, you know, big towns nearby and stuff like that. But the San Juans, you're just sort of, you're up, you know, you know, you can actually get on peaks where you don't see a city, you know? Right. And, and so the most remote part of the San Juans is called the Weminuch Wilderness. And there's this great set of peaks back there. And if you, you can link them all up and just, we've called that the Weminuch Wipeout, but we never did Rio Grande Pyramid, which is one of the centennials that stands way off by itself. So I was like, man, it'd be cool to do a real Weminuch Wipeout where you get all the Weminuch plus Rio Grande. And again, it was horribly inefficient in terms of like speed because I basically spent an entire day hiking from Rio Grande Pyramid just to get over to the next the one, Vestal. Vestal. Yeah, and you know, so, and yeah. yeah. So, but, but the good news was, is that if the Centennial thing didn't work out, I'd still have these two great sub records. Okay. The, the bad news is it was hard, <laughs> it was really hard. And it was like, like logistically, it was kind of hard to set those up. Yeah, so with all that to say, you know, we, at the beginning of this record, we went into this uh, basically with our plan kind of out the window. And so taking it back to your question of the Sawatch and how we linked those up, we were kind of taking it day by day. And so um, when we started this, we were in contact with our friend, Chris Tomer. And well, let me, let me tell the story of the first day, because that would be a good segue into what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. Be a good segue. Yeah. So, so, you know, so I mentioned all this stuff, you know, all this stuff. And so it was sort of changing the plan. And, and then the sort of the last part there was finally, I was like, well, and then we could also start with Calabra. And then I wouldn't have to worry about getting there. Right. And, you know, anymore. And, and that, like, again, on the 14er record, that wouldn't have worked because that is such a fine-tuned record and you don't have a lot of, like, time to spare to pull off something like that. But in this record where I was sort of establishing it, that was going to be okay. And then we wouldn't be as stressed out, you know. So, and then, and then you know, with the, with the three peaks that were closed, I came up with this plan to do the next highest three on the list. And so that way, if I couldn't do the Calibron when we got there, we could just call it the legal hundred highest hundred or something like that. <laughs> so that was sort of like, you know, so, but it was hard to do those extra three, you know, so, so that's kind of all the stuff that was going on at the beginning. And so anyway, we, we get started and we're sort of right in the middle of this snowy weather, pat weather pattern. And uh, so Andrea hikes up Calabra with me and it was like sort of this light rain at first and we get up high on the ridge and there's a couple of inches of snow. It was actually still a really pleasant hike even though it was kind of treacherous. You know, when you have a couple of inches on these rocks and, and those rocks on Calabra, I mean, they're all covered with lichen and so they're very slippery, you know, so it's a little treacherous, um, you know, but what we did that, we had a great hike though, I thought. I, I thought. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and we came down and it was actually, things were looking good, you know, the sky's kind of cleared, but, I was kind of thinking like with that much snow, I didn't want, like the plan was kind of, we were going to head dead to the Weminuch Wipeout, but that has some really technical peaks on it. It's got what I consider the hardest of the Centennials, Jagged. It's also got probably my favorite like route on the whole thing, which is the Wham Ridge on Vestal, which is like this ramp. And I just found out it's not actually granite. I was calling it a granite slab. It's not granite. It's something else that's unique down there, um, but it's this amazing route. And but with that kind of snow on it, I wasn't going to touch it. You know, I was like, you got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there's no way I wanted to go now. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this plan B, which was like, well, let's just head up to the Sawatch, which is kind of like our, our home field advantage ground, yeah. you know, because yeah. of Nolan's. We've done that so many times and all the scouting yeah. we've done up there. And it's like, because, yeah, I can deal with whatever weather it's thrown at us up there. <laughs> and so let's just go up there and see if we can, like, just get through this, like, bad weather patch. Right. 
So on the way, we're going really close to these three peaks of the San Juans that kind of stand off by themselves that are kind of known as gentle, kind of boring peaks as far as the San Juans are considered. You got San Luis and then uh, two 13ers called Phoenix and Stewart. And they're all connected on this long ridge. And uh, I had scouted Phoenix, but I'd never done this ridge before. And, you know, when we got to the trailhead, it was it was hot. Now the sun was out. Everything sure. was dried up, you know. And so I kind of maybe didn't pack as much warm stuff as I had been planning on packing after that morning on, on Calabra. And, and uh, so, you know, I start hiking up there and, uh, and near the summit of Phoenix, it started raining again. You know, it's getting towards the evening now because, you know, we had driven all the way out there after climbing Calabra and stuff. And it's rained. So that got me pretty wet. And then it turned into this snowstorm and it ended up becoming this like full on blizzard, mm. like that lasted for several hours into the night, like at least until like midnight or one o'clock where, I, you know, I was like doing things like going the wrong way off the ridge and not realizing it because it was such a whiteout. And the only oh, thing no. that saved me was my phone, you know, and my hands were frozen. And so I didn't always have my phone out. But every once in a while, I'd be like, gosh, I better check. And sure enough, I'd be like going off some little sub ridge. And uh, so I'd have to get myself back on track. And anyway, it was a pretty disastrous night. I, I was, um, you know, I mean, I had thoughts like, I mean, I was so, it's hard to believe this is day one. <laughs> right. And um, I was just getting thrashed out there just because I was so cold. And I couldn't believe the amount of snow. And then I had completely underestimated this ridge because I, I had never done the ridge before. You know, in the scouting, I had gone up Phoenix, but not connected it with San Luis. And on the map, it looks like it, it's like, oh, three inches, you know, on this ridge. It looks like a piece of cake, you know. <laughs> um, but there were so many ups and downs and like spots where you could get if you if you lost the main route, you'd be in class four sort of cliffy stuff. And so it was brutal. And basically, to make a long story short, you know, it was cold. I was frozen and I didn't get out of there until morning, you know. And and anyway, one of one of the cool pictures I thought from this thing is when I was coming in and it's just dawn. And, you know, I had planned on being done at like midnight and I got in at like uh, six in the morning, you know. Right. And and, uh, and so uh, Vince took a picture of me as I was coming in. And what's impressive about the picture is the mountain behind me is solid white. I mean, the entire mountain is just white. You know, normally you, you just don't see the mountains get pounded like that, yeah. you know, in a, a summer storm. And and I was so cold up there. And I mean, I was I was literally thinking if I had dropped my phone, I probably would have died. Like where, where, I wouldn't have known where to go right. or I would have ended up south, some random valley, you know. And, uh, and so that was the story about, you know, people almost dying, you know, I mean, it, just cause I was so cold or like if I'd had, there was nowhere to stop and take cover, the wind was blowing and it was so cold out there. And, uh, so anyway, in my mind, I, I thought it didn't make any sense to go on. I was kind of ready to quit. I mean, really? I think I spent the last, the last few hours hiking out. I was sort of like in my mind, you know, thinking, well, you know, it's like, well, obviously I'm going to quit. Like, why would I keep going on? Look, this, this night was supposed to be easy. And the, my tendons were already beat up as if I'd been on like this eight day backpacking trip is what mm -hmm. it felt like, you know, which we normally do when I'm, I'm fine, but here I was on day one and just, you know, when you're hiking on snow on like loose rock terrain, you can't see the loose rocks. And so your tendons kind of take a thrashing because you can't like anticipate, I don't know, being able to see it just makes a big difference. Yeah. And so here I am, I'm all beat up and I'm thinking, well, you know, we got three weeks off, you know, we could make a great vacation out of it go pick up the kids we could go hike some of these peaks and i thought it was kind of a done deal i didn't i was like well yeah andrea's gonna love this idea it'd be great we'll just quit. <laughs> and calabra seemed like you know ages ago like it didn't seem like it was even you know the same year it just seemed so far away that's how sort of like just mentally beat up i'd been 
but then so I get to the car and Andrea's like didn't want to hear like that I'm, I'm quitting you know she mm -hmm. would hear nothing of it and uh, and that's when she was like started talking to Chris Tomer and and so he's the weather guy for Fox News he also specializes in like mountain forecasting yeah. so he's a great resource to have he's very accurate it's like uncanny how how accurate his uh, forecasts are usually and uh so that's when we sort of get into what Andrea was going to talk about earlier, like heading the saw watch. And basically from that point on, I don't think we really ever looked at the plan, you know, or at least I didn't. And we basically switched to this mode of like just taking it day by day, you know, because that's which, you know, that was the plan now. Well, let's just go into the saw watch. And if we, you know, we can talk to Chris and maybe he'll be able to say, hey, this might be a good time to go get the Elks, you know, because I didn't want to go yeah, into the so Elks. So he would link time. up peaks in yeah. the saw watch and then we would talk to Chris and be like, well, where should we go? And then Chris would tell us, well, either stay West or go here. And so we left a lot of peaks individually in the saw watch that were like, that were good single days. Hey, we'll leave off Yale because we can get Yale. And uh, we mm -hmm. ended up just leaving a couple peaks off to get, uh, to pick up, you know, pick up the pieces later. So um, there were pieces of the saw watch that he did that were part of the Nolan's route, but he didn't, you know, just go and knock them all out just because we were really following the weather and running from the weather versus um, how efficiently can we link up these peaks anymore? You know, after we knew that it wasn't, after we knew about the weather and how inefficient, you know, this is gonna be because we're running, we're going from, you know, range to range. We just realized that, hey, let's do these great link ups and it's gonna be, and we're just gonna have a great record and we'll finish in however many days we finish mm -hmm. but but so like my my first like in the saw watch you know the, the first day it was kind of snowy again and i was a little disappointed because i was just moving snow slow now you know i was moving much slower than i i, I did in nolan's you know mm. and uh and now I'm, i was so i sort of when we got to the saw watch i started with like shibano tab watch which is how i you know usually you start nolan's and yeah so i was a little disappointed there but there was you know there was like a few inches of snow up there as well mm -hmm. you know so it just makes it for slow going yep. and uh so then the next day i did kind of my biggest um like saw watch link up and this was kind of a cool route so but but i did just because of timing and stuff we decided to skip yale and we had skipped ura which is a centennial like that sort of starts the saw watch too so we're like she mentioned we're leaving some singles off and we just figure well it's not super efficient to do that but we'll just come pick up the pieces later you know mm -hmm. and uh and so anyway I did as this route. It was so it's it's uh, familiar to Nolan's people. It's uh, but starting but so I started with Columbia, Harvard, then Oxford, Belford, Missouri, and then at that point you break off and you go to uh, Iowa and Emerald, which are a couple centennials, mm. and then you drop down and and then you're back on Huron, which is a uh, you know part of Nolan's again. Yep. But then from Huron you have to go do Ice Mountain and North Apostle, and that is not an easy traverse. You know, like there was one time we spent a whole day scouting out this route. And so, but I didn't remember that route at all. I mean, it wasn't in my mind at all, but, uh, but, you know, so, and I didn't really want to be on, you know, in the, some of that stuff in the dark, you know, but it, as it turned out, there was a steep snowfill on Huron, which I think a lot of early Nolans people have run into. Mm. And, you know, it's just really steep and yeah. that really slowed me down. And, uh, and so then I get, you know, I start traversing, you know, and I've got the route on my phone and I'm following it and I get to the spot where I feel like I'm just surrounded by cliffs and vertical snowfields, and I just it, it, nothing made sense to me. And I was, you know, it was, it was like three in the morning, so I was really tired. So in that spot, I just I just decided to stop and just wait for it to get light, you know. So I, I took a nap and shivered for a while, 
and then once it got light i kind of like finally i i remembered what we had done it it, it wasn't you know it wasn't easy <laughs> Which is why i couldn't figure it out in the dark you know yeah. and um so so yeah so that was uh that was probably my favorite sort of like link up in the um in the saw watch just because it's that's a big day you know all those peaks i listed off yep. you know but then i i got out of there kind of late but then you know chris was had sort of mentioned on that day he's like hey it might be a good day you know tomorrow might be a good time to get over to the elks okay. you know and, and so that night we we knocked off la plata just andrew came up with me and we got hammered with rain that night you know up there we got really wet and uh and so and then uh you know and so then we we just left we left hope which was right there which is kind of sad because it's a long drive to come back and get it but and we and we headed for the elks you know because we needed to get a nicely timed start on the elks and so that's when we did the elks traverse which i talked about a little bit earlier that the elks traverse you know and then the women each wipeout being like my favorite link ups of the whole thing just because of how massive they are you know so mm -hmm. so uh so anyway we drove over there and uh we got going to, and the one thing now that was a tough one to set up the logistics because the plan on that one was to have andrea meet me like halfway through with like a tent you know and a sleeping bag and then mm -hmm. i could like basically do half of it meet her down kind of near crater lake which is near maroon lake and uh and get resupplied and take a nap for a while and then get going from there but the problem is they've instituted all this crazy shuttle rules now out there so uh, you can't just like show up and drive up there for her it was like we didn't actually know how she was going to get there mm -hmm. and so they sort of said we'll see you later and then andrea had to go spend the day figuring out how to get like up there to meet me right yeah and and so that was kind of a pain originally she was going to ride my my bike up there which is way too big for her with a giant backpacking pack on and i'm glad she was able to figure yeah, it out without Laura that, that ended up been texting me and, and uh we ended up setting up getting it just set up so i was able to take the shuttle up which was great i mean the pack was so heavy and um and that comes in kind of later when we met andrew from the Wemenuch wipeout uh when i hiked in from mollus pass i hiked in with uh dave laura's husband and i really needed him he was he there was a possibility of him not being there but from my experience of hiking up the bells to set up camp and all that stuff like his pack just the pack was so heavy. I had so much gear in there. And just to think I was so crazy to think that I was actually going to bike up 10 miles with this huge pack. I couldn't even, it was, it was, I was crazy. I like couldn't even walk. And I was like, how am I going to do this? So it was really, it was definitely a challenge. And so it was cool that Dave was able to be with me hiking in from Mollus Pass because that was another huge support day where I hiked in from Mollus Pass with all this, this exact same camping gear and all the food um, and we met at a camp spot about seven miles in. And then from that camp spot is where we would hike into Vestal Basin. And then from there, hike up to, you know, get Vestal Trinity. And then we were going to hike down to Balsam Lake. And then the original plan was for me to go up and over Jagged. And so I was like, how am I going to do this with a huge pack? Originally, when we were packing, I felt the pack that we prepped and everything i was like ah it's fine i'll be fine yeah don't worry about me and it, it wasn't fine <laughs> <laughs> it was really heavy it yeah, was she had so heavy, heavy i mean yeah. and usually i'm good we do these huge you know backpack trips scouting trips whatever and we have these big heavy packs but mm -hmm. to have a huge pack for an account for two people is just a different ball game totally. <laughs> i should mention one really cool thing about those trackers we have is that when you send messages between the trackers mm -hmm. 
that you can see the location that they sent their message from. Okay. And so okay. she would, so she got down to a spot. She's like, Hey, I'm, I'm right here. You know, like I, I set up the tent here I am. And then I can see where she was. And so I can just follow that on my, on my tracker and fall and zero right in on the spot. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. So it sounds like this wasn't really done in the most efficient way. Like you got right. it done yeah, and yeah. you still set the record, but it sounds like you could yeah. probably take time off if you wanted to. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. um one of the uh for the for the Elks once once he decided to do the Centennial Elks, it's like, well, I mean, obviously he could have been driven from Castle to uh Pyramid, you know, that would have saved a ton of time. Mm -hmm. And then also I had originally suggested for the women new wipeout, like, hey, you know, what if we what if you don't add in RGP? What if we you, we just do RGP and then drive you to Vestal? You know, like let's just forget that huge link up where your tendons are hurting. You're not you're, you're just hurting right now. It just probably wouldn't, you know, it would just make sense to just forget that. But he was super insistent well, just which like andrea's stubborn i'm a little stubborn sometimes yeah too. and, and it makes sense like, no, because, it's too cool to well, do but also also doing real grand pyramid by itself is really yeah. long it's like seven what is it 17 miles or 20 it's like 20 miles yeah and so time. do it individually i mean you're still gonna have the miles but it would at least have been on a trail which is what i was thinking i'm like you're not going to be going up and over these rugged passes and and then you have nothing to show for it except, you know, but then at the end, obviously you have the whole women who wipe out, which is pretty cool. Wow. You know, and at this point, you know, for me, at least, you know, I'm not a super fast guy, like compared to other people that set FKTs, they can run circles around me. I mean, if you talk about some of like the fastest times on like shorter events, right. But um, this was really just about survival. I mean, you know, I, you know, after that first day, when I told you, we sort of switched from having this plan that got ripped up to going day by day. And just, I, I just, I was so, yeah, I, I had no idea how long I'd been out there, like zero idea. I didn't know how many peaks I'd climbed. It was just like, well, what are we doing tomorrow? You know, what are we doing? The and next that day? was, and we didn't and, know what yeah. we were doing the next day. That was basically all a lot of determination of where we were going, which range we were going to be in was via Chris. And then wow. once we decided which range we were going to, then we decided on which peaks we were doing. Wow. And, and later, kind of later in the thing when they were like, yeah, it looks like you're on, on, you know, scheduled to be about 21 and a half days, which didn't come to fruition, you know, but you know, it ended up being like 22 and a half, but, uh, I was like, holy crap, are you serious? That's amazing. Cause yeah, we I mean, were thinking like, like 25 we were so days. Far behind, really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was super thrilled that it, it managed, even though I, I think, you know, in the end, it might be that I had been planning on like four hours of sleep every night, you know, plus you always figure like an hour on each end of that. So there's probably six hours planned of downtime every night just to sleep because I wanted to make this sustainable. So a lot of that just got axed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, so maybe that's why it wasn't as, you know, because I did have this 18 day plan, but I kind of, in hindsight, I know now that a couple of those days were impossible that I had planned for myself. And so, but 20 days, I still think it'd be possible. So if someone came in, really fine tuned the route, you know, they could definitely, I think 20 days is still achievable, you know, but, but it's still, you know, it's, it's 20, it's like three weeks of you're just brutalizing yourself. And, you know, you never know if the conditions are going to be. So it really is just this survival, you know, can you survive? And yeah. so I don't, didn't care so much about the actual end time. I'm just thrilled that we made it and, that we, and we then finished. I didn't quit, you know, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. No which kidding. kind of brings us back to day one when, you know, we had, we went, we did so much planning for this. And so when he's got this brilliant 
plan in his head to, you know, quit and go on a family vacation. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I don't, sorry, no, because I know if I had agreed to that, he would, he would have in five seconds quit and been like, great, we're going to be done. Like, I, yeah. and so he was just thinking, you know, that he wanted to be done and, you know, how could he go on? And honestly, like, yeah, it was the first week of just crap weather. It was snowing. And, but I knew that towards the end of the week, the weather was going to clear up. But okay. um, so I just had to, you know, kind of, I don't know, make it sound a little bit more rainbows and butterflies. For <laughs> so she lied to me, basically. <laughs> I told him, I told him the weather was going to yeah. clear on Thursday yeah. and it wasn't really going to clear till like Saturday. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> crew so, member right there. Right. So, so then it was just kind of like, so then he agreed and was, and I was like, let's just take it one day at a time, you know, the next day, you know, so we're going to go do Princeton tonight and then we'll see what happens. And then, you know, in the very beginning, his tendons were just totally shot. And like he was talking about and and finally going up Princeton after we kind of were playing with some meds and stuff, he was feeling a lot better mm -hmm. and, um, and which is great. And so he, um, I, I had some hope on Princeton, even though we did Princeton in a snowstorm, you know, actually going up was okay. It was kind of more like thousand feet from the summit started snowing and stuff on us again. But, mm. um, but so, which is why we had gone to the Sawatch. It's like, well, we can handle bad weather in the Sawatch. So even Princeton, I mean, man, it was like fogged in kind of. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, it was a pain in the butt route finding. I mean, it kind of sucks. Princeton 30 times at least, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I still, lost the trail on the way up yeah wow. it's really frustrating you know it's like i wasn't like lost you know but it was like you, well, you just, just kind nice of to be on the trail and then and then you find out you're like 50 feet above it and then there's a beautiful trail below you yeah. and while in the meantime we're doing this boulder hopping through this huge rock fall you know so it's just you know <laughs> so yeah so all that to say you know we just didn't quit you know yeah. and, and Andrea and wanted knew. she wanted to get this off the list yeah you know if, if yeah. I she knew that that would be like next year's thing <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. and, and look we've got other plans yeah. like, sorry. Yeah. Like, i'm not know? coming out here for this next year you we've better got, finish this year more more stuff yeah. that we're planning for so <laughs> this is a one and done yes. <laughs> see that's teamwork right there that's perfect yeah and we yeah. just we knew it wasn't going to be efficient in you know in logistics and that's fine once we kind of got that in our heads we got the plan out the window it kind of became about doing the best we can with finishing as efficiently as we can for what it, it is handed to us in front of us. Yeah. You know, we just kind of, you know, what we're dealt with, then we roll with it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And you sounds like you did the right thing. Andrea, I'm curious, like what this whole project looks like from your point of view. And it sounds like you did a bunch of hiking and climbing with Andrew. Do you know how, yeah. like how many peaks you climbed or how much mileage you put on out there? And and, and what was yeah. your, what was your planning like trying to map this whole thing out? Yeah. Um, so I, there's a lot of miles on foot for me. Like, um, also, even if it wasn't peak climbing, sure. um, yeah. you know, well, we, I will say, let me interject one thing here, uh, before she, she goes on, but like, she wanted to use this as an excuse to get into shape. Too. <laughs> okay. So cool. I wasn't, it wasn't all me just brutalizing my support group. You know, she wanted to like, so I had a whole. No, he's just saying that uh, he yeah, hated me. I, I had he hated whole, me. He wouldn't no, have been able to do this without me I climbing some of those plan, peaks. And, and I'm this <laughs> plan. I had all these peaks listed. 
but I always put on their optional, you know, Andrea could do this one with me. This one would make sense. That one would make sense. And they were usually like one-off ones. Cause obviously there were certain ones that she couldn't do. Cause she had to go to the car and drive around and meet. Right. Me. So I basically, yeah. what I did, I climbed the peak that I could that support would allow. Right. So, mm -hmm. so which actually it did make support a lot harder for me, but I was willing to, uh, I was willing to, experience the she wanted it yeah she wanted yeah it. <laughs> um and and it was good it really tested me physically mentally emotionally right. all the things you know right. and um but but honestly with with that to say i think that you know andrew did appreciate me on some of those peaks you know he always hiked better oh, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. i was it with him and so yeah. it's so i think mm -hmm. that there were a lot of peaks that he needed me for for that pick me up or just to be with him and um, and just for that moral, emotional, um, just that, um, uh, mental, emotional support. Totally. So, um, but yeah, so I yeah, did a I, lot of, oh, and I was going to say, you know, as part of the 3000 foot rule, you can have people with you. They can't guide you and stuff like that, but you know, it's still just having someone there with you. It just yeah. mentally it's, oh. it's nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like on Holy cross, like, I mean, I'm carrying his pack up the first thousand feet down the next thousand feet oh, you know right. because yeah. there's just this up and down yeah. and i'm like uh <laughs> no no it was good but you know and then um oh, i'd be watching the altimeter and be like okay yeah you know, oh like, no you can another go another 20 feet, feet. <laughs> yeah no. and then like carrying yeah like carrying his pack up pikes and then carrying his pack out of the chicago basin you know it's just oh, yeah. like you know i you know it's so it's just like i'm like i'm tired you know <laughs> right right but i right. Did, you know i carried it for him but um but yeah so like a lot of hiking in like to clohese lake hiking up the maroon bells hiking into chicago basin which is a whole story in and of itself mm -hmm. you know that was like 28 miles round trip for right. a burrito you know that, well that was a good story <laughs> um what, what i was up to you know i was off in the wilderness and and, uh, you know, like I was basically out of food. I mean, that was actually, uh, you know, man, we haven't even really got well, this was, wipeout. But. Yeah. So this was um, when we were doing, when we hiked in from Mola's Pass, another, another big one. Um, I hiked in from Mola's Pass. I had food ready for him. Right. So I had to prep him for that. And then, um, so then from, Mol from our campsite, we hiked into Vestal Basin and then he went and he did Vestal and then I met him at the saddle with Dave and then I went on ahead and did Trinity with him. And then the plan was to move on to Jagged, which I, we realized that I would have been hiking out by 6am and then had to hike in to meet him for Chicago Basin just didn't make sense. And so um, basically I hiked down to balsam lake with him and so we did all of our resupply and i had this big bag of food you know and i'm like right this should be good usually as support crew person i usually know his caloric needs what he's gonna eat what he's not gonna eat how much and usually i always end up packing too much it's what he needs but he doesn't eat it and so when we were down there and um getting all his resupply you know i was like here's all your food this should be great and so for for him to have run out of food, um, for me to have to hike in with, you know, this burrito, it's kind of like, oh man, like kind of like a failure feeling on my end. Cause it's like, well, I should have packed some more food, but he always comes back with all of the food left in his, not all of it, but a lot of it. And I'm yeah. like, dude, eat your food. Oh, you know? 
I never blamed you. Thought it was your fault for there being less food. Oh, you know, one no, of the I know. One of the issues was too was I kept getting rained on, so I was hunkering down a lot. And so mm-hmm. while I was hunkered down, I was just eating. Right, right. You know, and so that doesn't usually happen. So it was just yeah. a huge surprise that he didn't finish his food because he always has food left over. Yeah. And so, and so with that, um, so yeah, so that was like, um, I guess we can tell well, that story yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, we sort of mentioned. Let me. So we'll sort of back up and sort of talk about this woman who's wipeout just because. You know, this one deserves extra time just because it was like three days out there, sort of like on foot, you know, with no car for me. Right. Yeah. And so it's sort of this big thing, you know, on the 14 er record, you're never out that long on your own, not even close. You know, it's usually, you know, you know, eight hours done, you know, drive, get resupplied eight hours. You know, you've always got a light pack on. You're never carrying a lot of gear. So three days, that's significant, you know. And uh, and so. So anyway, started with Rio Grande Pyramid, which she keeps referring to as RGP which is, I think that's what people that know them refer to as RGP. So I'll call it that from now on too. And, uh, and so then from there, I had never done this cross country route from RGP over to Vestal, which on the map, it's, it's really far out there. Like RGP is like the most remote of all the centennials mm-hmm. in terms of being near 14ers. It's just not buying, you know, it's mm-hmm. all the way by itself. In fact, Roach even has a route in his book that's a 50 mile round trip to get to the <laughs> nice. Like, and that's okay. just unheard of, right? So it's out there. <laughs> And uh, it was, it's kind of neat because, well, it's kind of sad, but it gives it this like Mordor like feeling, you know, like scorched middle earth because <laughs> all the forest in the area is dead because of the beetle. And so ah. it's kind of sad to see these like, you know, sprawling forests that would normally be green and beautiful. They're brown, you know? And, uh, and so it makes me fear for the future of the area because all those trees are going to start falling down, yeah. you know, and it'll just be a mess. It's almost kind of like, I don't want any more forest fires, but that area really would probably benefit from burning, wow. you know, that all that stuff up, you know, in 50 years, it'd probably be a lot better off. But anyway, so that was all sort of like area that I had just looked at on satellite maps and like penciled in an area that I'm hoping it's going to go, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, and at this point we're pretty far along, we're at least a third into this thing. And I was just recovering from having, you know, being swollen and, you know, it was hard. It was, and it was hot when I started, it was like a brutal beginning to that thing. And, uh, but fortunately, you know, it, the route went, there was a trail down there and where I was bushwhacking, it wasn't too bad. And, uh, you know, but I was, then I was getting this stupid, annoying tendon on my foot was bothering me. And, and it was like, sometimes, you know, you have tendon injuries that you, you know, you'll get through. And other times you have tendon injuries that you're worried that they're going to finish you off, you know? <laughs> and this was making me worried. Like I was going to get finished off. And, uh, and anyway, meanwhile, they were hiking in from Mollus Pass to meet me at this specified location on the Colorado trail where they could give me support, meet me. I could sleep for a while. And then from there, we would go on with the rest of the route, which is all the more difficult stuff, but stuff that we've, we've actually done twice before, yeah, you know, the, these put, great peaks like Bestel, Jagged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so on. Pigeon and, turret. And we wake up into yeah. a call, me and Dave or a satellite message at like 1 AM and he's hurting his tendons really bothering him. And so um, for a second, I was like, ah, oh, it's what I buy in the morning. I'm tired, you know? And so he's like, he's like, come get me. I'm like two miles away. And, and, you know, I think he was like two and a half miles away. And then he was like, hello, are you there? Yeah. He was like, come get me and come carry my pack, you know? And so, 
So I, you know, I was like, Dave, do you want to go? <laughs> but I, kn- I knew I was going to go. But for a second, I just needed to mentally prepare myself to get out of my sleeping bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we ended up hiking, hiking just out to meet him and which was which was good. He was hurting that tendon, man, really. And then later we realized, like, during this whole um, adventure that he did that we really he needed that um, support, that uh, soul support on the bottom of his shoe because it was when his foot was bending when he was hiking so we ended up um switching out on in his approach shoes but his feet are kind of narrow and so for a good portion of it he hiked with one approach shoe and one hiking shoe <laughs> yeah. or my funny. feet are wide and so oh, the approach wide. shoes yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are hard to wear for yeah. a long time i don't like to wear them for too long but yeah so i ended up wearing them for the rest of the women each wipe out mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah so that was that was, but, but it was way better than the pain of the tendon. Yeah. So we, yeah. Fr- in the morning we were like, just wear your approach shoes, see how that does. But it does, he kind of suffers a little bit because of the width of his feet. But mm-hmm. anyway, but, uh, but so then we, we continued over this Wham Ridge, which like I mentioned, man, if, if anyone's listening and they, they want to go see an amazing mountain, like go look at pictures of the Wham Ridge. I jotted you know? it down. I already so, can't wait. Oh yeah. And you know, I mean, it's amazing up there just because that is where you see these mountain goats. Like I didn't see too many. I saw lots of elk on this thing and mm-hmm. lots of like just and saw some moose and stuff like that. I really didn't see that many mountain goats. It was crazy. But I saw a, a family of three of them and they're living like near the top of the Wham Ridge where it's practically it feels ver- it's probably like 60 degrees, you know, so but it feels vertical when you're on the thing. And uh, and they're just running along, you know, up there like it's no big deal. I mean, so that's where they're really in their element. You know, it's it really is mind blowing. And uh, so anyway, I did did that route, and and, uh, and then I met met up with these guys. Uh, well, uh, Andrea and Dave, they were waiting, and then we did one of our bonus peaks, Trinity, which is he was uh, hurting. Yeah, I was hurting, but man, and that one is no joke. I'll tell you, that was tedious. You know, it's tedious. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. te- tedious is a word I use for something. Yeah. It's not necessarily because it's super technical, but it's just continuous slow terrain. You know, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so, and and that one, yeah, you know, I was just I was kind of fried and. That was when we sort of in our heads, we were doing the math and, you know, so jagged was the next peak we had to get to, but it's over a couple, it's a couple of passes away, right. you know? Okay. And, uh, and so, and it's like, no, it, one of the reasons things that makes it difficult is that for most people doing it by itself, it requires a multi-day approach just to get to it. Huh. And so I was kind of afraid of jagged because I didn't know. So last year we, we went to jagged sort of with the kids and we were kind of scouting it out. And what we had discovered was that the route had changed in recent years versus what the guidebook said. Okay. The guidebook or what we had experienced from oh, the, the couple of years before. Yeah, really? we had done it in 2016 and, you know, we did the three cruxes that Roach talks about and no problem. But with the kids, we did the three cruxes. We get up near the summit. We can't figure out how to get to the top. And we didn't really know what had changed. And, uh, and so anyway, it was really kind of stressful then with the kids, you know, figuring out Andrea finally finds this way up and drops the rope to me and then and then with you know with the rope we could get the kids up there right Mm -hmm. but so now that's what I was remembering and I was like crap what if I can't figure out how to get up or what if I can't get up or Andrea got up what am I going to do and actually in research we found that there is this little chimney feature that you go up and in 2018 it must have been like a big uh boulder fell and basically plugged it and so now to get up that chimney you'd have to be like it makes it hard oh I bet yeah like we're I would say we're good. Um, we're good scramblers. We're good climbers up until like, you know, low fifth class, like five, four, we can, we can do, we can handle. But I mean, so to come up 
on jagged and to see this and actually be like i don't know how to get up that that's right. kind of rare for us on something like this and so and so it was you know and so andrew so i was hoping andrea would be able to hike out there with me just so uh, you know she could help me make sure i was in the right spot or whatever just for company out there because i was scared you know and uh, but then we're on trinity and i'm kind of doing the math in my head because you know, here I was expecting her to come out there, but now I'm doing the math and it's like, we're going to be, I'm going to be at like, you know, jagged as it's getting dark at like, like 7, 7 p.m. And, and he's so, not even going to get down yeah. till nine. Then they'd have to turn around and hike, hike over back two over these mountain passes, passes and uh, all the way out. Yeah. And it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And so it was just not, I was like, we can't do that, but I can come down to Balsam Lake with you. Yeah. Balsam Lake's just sort of like this low point along the way towards jagged lake. It's a beautiful lake, but there's just too many bugs over there, you know? So, <laughs> but anyway, so they came with me down to Balsam Lake and then they turned back. And it's a good thing because they still got back. We got late. back at 11 p.m. Yeah. And so, you know, to have to turn around and do that hike the next day was just, you know, it was, it was, it was glad I was glad. I mean, it's a long day. We started hiking the day before, you know, to get in. So it's just, it was just a lot and we had the big heavy packs. And so in addition to that, it's just a lot, but anyway, so, so I continued on and now I've got, you know, I've got a heavy pack, right? Cause now I've got a pad, a sleeping bag, a rope. Cause I yeah. wanted a rope on jagged. So I've got a big heavy pack. And uh, so I go on, it rains for like an hour. So I hunker down, you know, and then, so when I finally get to the base of jagged, the rocks have dried off, but everything else is just soaking wet. You know, the good news was after, you know, and jagged always scares me. I think that's the third or fourth time I've done it now. And uh, fourth time. And, uh, and it, it like, I don't know, there's something about jagged. I think, especially with the way it changed for me, it's the hardest one, like, like technically the hardest oh, to get to, okay. it stands alone in my book. Um, the next would be like, say Dallas, because Dallas is very technically like tedious to get to the summit as well. But, um, but jagged is like the hardest and thank goodness when I got to the spot where Andrea made it. Uh, up the previous year there were two handholds there that were like the best handholds on the whole mountain yeah you know and they made me feel super secure right there so <laughs> I was able to make it up and then got to the summit I have probably it's a rare picture as a sunset from jagged summit you know that's probably rare because generally you wouldn't want to be on jagged <laughs> if the sun was setting right you know but so that was really pretty and so then I headed out and, and like as I mentioned it rained on me then you know the next day it was raining and so I was eating through my food you know and so I noticed, you know, it's noon and I'm basically out of food uh -huh. the next day and I still got to get over, you know, and, and that morning was like all these wet willows and this rugged sort of terrain where there's no trail and, uh, you know, and, you know, vertical bushwhacking through willows. And I get to this pass called Ruby Pass. And that's when I realized I'm low on food. So I, I did, you know, I was, I kind of rationed a little bit of powder and like a little waffle thing. But now I got to go over Pigeon and Turret. And then I got to try out a new route over North Elis. And he's go never. Go over to Elis. Got to go over to do Sunlight, Wyndham, and Jupiter, mm -hmm. all with like 150 calories yeah. left, you know? And to add on to that, he's never, like, we've stood on Eolus and North Eolus looking over at Pigeon and Turret thinking, okay, so how would we scout that out? How would the route go? And we never got a chance to get out there again. Just because it's so remote. It. You know, you just don't have sure. time to right. do all these multi Right. When do we have time to go out to, you know, the San Juans day after day, you know, week after week to do all this scouting? You just can't. And so we were crossing our fingers and praying that there was a route. And actually, he ended up finding a great route. And it actually allowed him to, it, it, it gained him some time. It's a beautiful really way nice. to connect pigeon and turret. It's like I remember as a kid going with my stepdad and, 
he left me and my little brother there in Chicago Basin for us to climb those peaks. Well, he hiked over, spent a night, oh. you know, over at Ruby area and then climbed those and then met us back. And so just be able to crank him out like that. It was really cool, you know, wow. that that route works. Yeah. Um, but uh, but meanwhile, I'm hungry, you know, and and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I've been a vegetarian for a long time yeah. and uh, I was so hungry. I was starting to think about eating moths. Yeah, ever seen and, like naked and afraid? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't, wasn't really thinking about eating cute little pica, but I did look at that pica and mind. I was like, you know, that's food. <laughs> that's calories. That's, calories. <laughs> was, that's how hungry I was getting. I mean, you know, and there was a ton of moths. They're super annoying. Whenever I'd have my light on, they'd be bouncing off your face and stuff, you know. That's the worst. But, uh, but uh, so anyway, I'm getting pretty desperate for food. But now I'm like in 14er land. And that's like so different than being out in these centennials that are so remote. I, and yeah. you're always like, you see a, a Karen the size of a mountain, you know. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, here we are, you know, back in the circus. Mm-hmm. When, and the Chicago Basin, they're not even that that busy as far as 14ers are concerned. Right. But uh but so then it gets dark on me and I got to do this traverse over to Jupiter and that ended up being super treacherous. And at this point, I'm pretty desperate because I really want to sleep, but I'm really hungry too. I really want food. And meanwhile, Andrea knows I'm hungry because, you know, we're texting. Yeah. So he doesn't plan on getting off of Jupiter until until late. And so um, so I know he's hungry. So I go and Laura and I. um go to some Mexican place and get a burrito and it's a big burrito and I'm super proud of it. <laughs> and so I'm like, Craig, he's going to love Wait, this, you know, brought him, you know, some food <laughs> and then also just like some sleeping stuff. And, um, so it was, he, he I wasn't going to hike in until probably closer to midnight, but, or like 11 was the plan I think for me to hike in, but I, it was like 8 PM and I'm sitting, you know, at purgatory and and I'm, I'm just like laying there with my eyes open I'm like this is stupid I'm just gonna go hike in while I have some light it's 8 mm-hmm. p.m so so I started hiking in at 8 p.m and um meanwhile I'm in communication with Andrew and um you know we know I'm gonna be a little bit early so um so I start the hike in and and I just wanted to I haven't been out there in a little while so it was just nice to be out there in a little bit of light for an hour, you know, so, uh, or like a half hour. Um, and so I'm hiking along and Andrew mentions like all the moths and stuff. I was just kind of in a really grumpy mood because when it turns dark, you, I'm like going through spider webs and I'm hot and sticky and there's these moths flying in my face. And I'm kind of like, just go like all the you know, the trails kind of overgrown in places and she so has screamed like, oh. like blood curdling cries before over a moth like <laughs> you know like so yeah oh my God, there's that one story where yeah. there was like a moth in my shirt and like, i unzipped my shirt and they're like blew, blew out. out of my shirt and i'm like oh my god it's so gross so yeah for every when she's alone so out there, i just but... hate the bugs I'm just not a bug person I'm sorry I do not love them and so so I'm like hiking in and I'm like ah this sucks you know so I like have my music playing on my phone and I'm just trying to like forget about it and so then I get to the 10 mile the 10 mile bridge which is where originally that was where I was going to meet him and I was like oh that's not so bad you know like 10 miles in that'll be great and while um 
I was hiking, he, I, I ended up getting this message that he wanted me to meet him at 10, eight in the basin. And so, so it's like another five miles up the trail past that bridge, five yeah. miles. So it'll be a 15 mile hike in. And so I got to the 10 mile bridge knowing that I was going to continue on. And I was like, well, this is nice. I'll just kind of like nap here for a little bit. Cause I was going to be early. And so, um, so I just kind of laid down and, and it was nice. I didn't actually have any more, anything warm. So I kind of, we call it shiver sleeps. And, um, and so I just kind of laid down and shut my eyes. And then, you know, when you start shivering and can't take it anymore, then you keep going. So, so I'd wake up and then I got going again and probably two miles, probably two miles in, I was just tired and I couldn't keep my eyes open. And um, sometimes for me that happens, like when the dark hits, I just get really tired. And so, um, so I just plopped myself down right in the middle of the trail and I just took a little nap again, but I think I fell asleep a little harder. It was kind of comfy. And, um, when I woke up, I didn't even think about what I was doing. I just started walking again and started hiking. And I realized that I was hiking in the wrong direction, probably about two miles later. And so I was about back to the bridge. And, and when I look at, and, and when I'm like, I was like, Andrew, and I look at my elevation and I'm at like 8,500. I'm like, he puts me up at 10, eight. That's another, like, well, I don't know, over 2000 feet. I'm like, holy crap. This is because it's just demoralizing. You know, I'm like, I just hiked two miles. Never mind the river being on the wrong side of me. Never mind me hiking downhill. I didn't feel like none of that clicked, you know? And so I'm like, holy crap. So I texted Andrew and I was like, I just hiked in the wrong direction, like a mile and a half, two miles. I'm like, I can't come to 10, eight and come get you. And then he's like, and then what did he say? He was like, you just, he was like, I'm so demoralized now and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I really need you and all this stuff. And I was like, oh crap. So, you know, of course I'm going to come. So then I'm just like, okay. I was like, I'll just start hiking, you know? And his thing was, he was just going to start hiking to me as well. And we were like, well, we'll just end up meeting each other. He wasn't off of Jupiter yet. I don't think. And so, um, and so I was just like, I was feeling very unmotivated. I was just like, man, I can't believe I did that. I have so much more to go. And so, but so it ended up being fine. And I'm, she, she makes it sound like I'm, I'm this baby, you know, but I would no, like he's to point not. Out that <laughs> I had been going about 12 hours and seven mountains without any calories. Oh my boy, God. I think about that, I'm like, dude, I'm like, God, he's been out there for the last, like, dude, I can do this. Right, can right. Extra four miles and, and 2000. The only, feet. the only thought that was keeping me going was she's going to be there at 10, eight. So I I'm just, I got to keep pushing. Uh, I desperately just wanted to lay down and sleep, but I needed the food. I needed to get to her. And that's all I could think about. And so then I get this text like, well, I turned around. So just come down here to the bridge. You know, it's fine. But I was, was like, that's five little miles. Like, no, 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 no. So, so I begged. I but, begged her but, please, yeah, to come and back actually yeah. during that, um, and they're not someone uh, took uh, cut the trees now, but, um, but it was really pain because when you get closer to the basin, you're going through all of this tree fall, you know, all these fallen mm. trees that are across the trail and you're hopping over these trees and it's really annoying, but actually it was amazing. There were a couple miracles on this trip. And one of them was right where Andrew had met me, maybe, I don't know, 50 feet back. Yeah, I was kind of lost in these trees. It was kind of like I was mentioning over by Rio Grande pyramid, all the dead trees. And what's it going to be like when they all fall down? That's kind of started in Chicago basin this year. They had like over 300 mm-hmm. down trees across the trail. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, and I was hoping by the time we got there, they'd be cleaned up and they had 
you could tell someone done, but there was one section in there when I was getting close to meeting her where I lost a trail and I pick up my phone to try to make sure I'm right. And according to my phone, I'm right on the trail. So I didn't know, do I go left? Do I go right? So I'm just kind of standing there in this like mental daze, not knowing like to the left, it looked like it was going to go way down steep and to the right climb. I didn't know where to go. So right. it was kind of hard to get through there. But then right is like, I get out of this bushwhacking spot. Like I see Andrea's light ahead and right there hanging on this tree, there's this giant like deluxe sleeping pad <laughs> that someone must have lost it was off just their like, No way. <laughs> wow. So I, I go, I grabbed so the grabbed pot, it's a you know, huge bag. Yeah, so we both ended up sleeping on it. Wow. You know, with the sleeping bag. And it was great. We got great sleep, you know, for a couple hours. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, he ate, ate his food. We, oh, another thing, um, right. Like, probably two seconds not being exaggerating um two seconds after we met his uh his oh my tracker died tracker died yeah i knew it was and getting so close. i forgot about that yeah my tracker yeah, was getting super yeah. super close to dying on this long women each wife yeah thing. so and, it was uh, cool like so oh, yeah. i was able to you know write and and right. we were talking along we were the way talking so it was nice that it didn't die because when we're yeah. getting closer i'm like andrew where are you you know like you no, know, so it was good that um yeah right when we met she was like how's your tracker and i go to and he's like it's dead. dead oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah so so then um the next day or not the next day like two hours later um we waited till light and so got a little bit of sleep and then um hiked the rest of the way out so but that number still blows me my blows my mind how andrea basically hiked in like 28 miles to bring me a burrito, you know? I mean, that's gotta be some sort of like support crew record. You it's know, gotta be, yes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah. And so like, so so that was another big hike. Um, some other big ones were just like hiking up his bike, Yeah, you know? Um, and we have a couple stories for that we can get into later, but. Um, yeah, well, strategically, you know, on this thing with the, the use of the 3000 foot rule, you can still use bikes. You know, as long oh. as you're below the 3,000 foot rule area. Oh, okay. So, you know, on the 14er record, there were four spots where I used it. And I had a, a really heavy downhill bike that I was using that time. And it was great, except for the person that had to put it in position. It's heavy. They, they had to push yeah. like this 40 pound bike yeah. up there. But then I would just be loving it, you know, right. downhill bike on that stuff. But this year, before we get going, I mean, that thing's been hanging for like six years. And the brakes were completely like had lost all their 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 liquid, their fluid. And we tried figuring out how to refill them, but we couldn't. And so at the last minute, we take my cross country bike, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's fine. You know, I used to race mountain bikes a little bit. And so, I mean, I'm comfortable biking, but so, you know, I'm always trying to think of places where, you know, where could they take the bike and just make my descent a little easier yeah. or something or speed us up a little bit. Yeah. You know? So, um, so gosh, and, and some, and sometimes where we hiked the bike up, it was great. And then other times it was a total disaster, which led to his demise, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then um, and then on top of that were the 21 peaks that I ended up hiking with him. And and like I said, you know, it, they were by my choice. I was, you know, it was if crew, if the if the crew um, uh, plan allowed for me to do it, then I would just do it. You know, I love to be out there. I love to be out there with him. It's how we connect. It's how we reconnect. And um, just and from him being gone from me for, you know, this, that and the other, how many mountains. Um, it was just good to be out there with him and 
And I always like to tell the story of us on Vermilion. That was that was a pretty crazy. Um, that was a pretty crazy hike. That I'm super glad that I was with him on personally um, because I think that it was also one where it was it was good for him to have to have me. Yeah, Vermilion's like sort of just like standalone peak. You know, it's kind of you do it by itself here. It's it's uh, you know not linked up with any other thing on this particular record. And uh, and I had just done kind of a big day. I I'd done this great route you know, from Sneffels or Tea Kettle and Sneffels cross country over to Dallas, which I had mentioned before as being one of the harder ones, you know, technically. So I, I had to carry a rope on that, that whole traverse too. Um, and, uh, and I got out and, oh man, oh, that's kind of depressing on the Dallas one. I realized I missed what would have been a great mountain bike ride down. If I'd known uh. I could have had them push up a bike there would have saved me some painful miles there. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, but we still got out and we still had enough light to like maybe get up high on vermilion before dark and so this was great you know you sort of knock off a peak you know maybe done by midnight and then you can plan on like four hours of sleep during the night that's kind of like that's the ideal golden golden plan right there you want to finish you know a couple hours in the dark get your sleep during the night and then you can be hiking in those beautiful morning hours you know instead of what usually happened to me which is like spend the whole night out there get out at like six in the morning and then have to sleep during those beautiful morning hours you know <sighs> so anyway vermilion i hadn't hiked that since i was a kid and Andrea came with me. And fortunately, we were making good time because it's kind of just like short and sweet, this route we were doing on it. And um, but I had no recollection of it. I didn't really pay attention to the instructions in the guidebook on it. I just like sort of like I know where it is. I figured we'd just figure it out, you know. And uh, anyway, when we got up there, it was just getting dark and we just got to look at where we're going to go in this steep gully. And man, that has got to be one of the loosest peaks on the earth. I mean, like just the whole thing is just this pile of small rocks, you know. How is it standing? It's super uh, loose. And, and, and going across the steep, yeah. the the really steep goalies with the with the really loose rock can be kind of super intimidating. And now it's dark. Yeah, but but I will say it's almost so loose that it's like it's a little better than ones where you step on a boulder and the several boulders go away. Right. It's just like you sort of get used to just everything falling. You know. Really. To that. Yeah. 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 And, so uh, something about yeah. us is like. When we're together in the mountains, there's a lot of um, balancing each other out. So one person has a low and the other one, you know, kind of switch into, switches into a mode where, okay, well, um, I'm going to not be in a low, you know, yeah. just to balance each other out, to encourage the other person and everything like that. So that's kind of how we operate and kind of in general in life too. You know, if one person's down the other, we're never really both down at the same time. Nice. Um, when we met, Andrea had only climbed four peaks, you know? And so what I found over years and years and years of doing mountains with her, she never really liked loose gullies. You know, that was mm -hmm. always something she wasn't happy in. Mm -hmm. And so we get into this loose gully here and I'm super kind of nervous just because it's so loose, it's dark now. And at the top of the gully, there is like literally a vertical patch of snow. And I'm like, well, crap, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. Like, I Oh yeah. And, and we're like looking down the yeah. mountain. We're like looking way down the ridge. And Andrew's like, I didn't want this to turn into an all night thing because yeah. we started route planning. Otherwise yeah. we were like, we didn't know exactly what our route was going to be at the time. And so yeah. we were just kind of constructing and, and thinking about all different routes. And we're like, well, if we take that, we're going to be out all night. Yeah. That was not oh, right, our plan right, for Vermillion. We, we were looking at that thing, you know, thinking we're not going to be able to go up this snow goalie. So we're like looking at alternate routes. Right. You know? And uh, like in the dark, you can see this ridge kind of going off. And I had remembered as a kid, I had done Vermillion and gone down to this other peak kind of on this ridge called Fuller. So I knew it must have gone. You know, so if we could like drop back down the goalie and got away around there, 
But now I'm thinking hours this is going to right. take. And so right. And so he's getting super stressed out. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. And so yeah, it's, I was like, whatever happens, you know, we're going to figure it out. So then we're, we're climbing. Well, let me, I got to tell the yeah. story. Cause like, so like, it's so loose. Right. And, and so now I'm sort of scouting. I'm like, Hey, let's go over here and scout around this corner and see if that goes. And so we go over this really treacherous stuff. I mean, it's just like super. And so I'm kind of freaking out because I feel responsible for Andrea being there and stuff. And she's just like, doo, 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 you know, having a great time. And at one point, I'm like, Andrea, don't you realize how serious this is? Because yeah. I'm used to her being nervous. <laughs> yeah. And so, because I'm sitting here, and like, we're you know, going across these gullies or going up the, this vertical snow. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. Yep. I see that. We're going to be fine. And we're just going to cross that. And he's like, you're not taking this seriously enough. <laughs> I wanted her to be like, more like, I'm like you know, I don't know. I just wasn't comfortable with her being yeah, so like. He wasn't right. comfortable with comfortable. <laughs> right. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, we did find a way uh, up this. Like we were able to wedge ourselves in the crack of this thing. Like it'd be like one hand on the rock, and then you know one hand punching a hole in the snow or a foot kicking into it. It was kind of hard at that point because it's dark, you know, the hard snow. But we were able to sort of wedge our way up that snow patch after everything else was just dead ending, you know, in cliffs or something. Mm -hmm. So and it's funny. I've got this really funny picture of her, like right as she's at the top of the snow field, you know. And she's just got like the biggest smile, jazz hands, you know, everything, <laughs> you know, it's just so, I'm like, it's just so funny. It's like, like you're way too happy in that not picture. the right emotion for that spot, you know. But, uh, uh, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it was good, like on that one. Yeah, yeah cool. so, so kind of, and you know, we haven't even talked about the, all of his low points, but, oh. you know, being with him on Pike's Peak was kind of him coming out of rock bottom oh and yeah yeah we have to tell that story like i don't know yeah. how much time you have hey i want to hear it i want to hear it you know <laughs> but uh, but but yeah like so i mean man so this oh, okay yeah. so so this kind but, of well let me we set can, the theme here. we can tie yeah. it into <laughs> stop talking andrew <laughs> we can tie this into you know you know how kind of and what i did for support hiking up his bike and so that's how it all started was me hiking his bike up to um up the south colony lakes road and so um from there is when you can finish the story oh okay well <laughs> i was, was going to sort of talk about like um you know too it was like you know i sort of alluded to the fact that i was having some of these rough nights you know like i said the the the, the plan was always to try to hike you know in the day right mm -hmm. And not in the night. That's the plan. Or, or when you're in, like, hike something easy, right? And, uh, but I just, you know, because my pace was slower than I wanted all along, and just the plan was sort of off whack, you know, I just always ended up, like, having these disastrous nights out there where I was spending the whole night out there. So, like on half peak. Uh, yeah, half peak, of the, mm -hmm. you know, that was a brutal one just because it was, like, an unexpected complete night of bushwhacking something like, he hadn't scouted yeah. you know yeah. one of the very yeah. few mm -hmm. that hasn't been scouted that didn't right. quite go his way yeah. when yeah. he was out there you wouldn't believe how many willows are on that mountain you wouldn't believe it just uh. goes on and on and on and on and on and it's like and they were wet from rain you know and so they're wet willows and then a lot of times it's like running mud streams that you're walking through right. to get through the willows and and then i got above tree line and there's still willows you know and then Later, I went and reread Roach's description of it, and he calls it an adventurous route up a uh, <laughs> path peak. And I just hadn't paid enough attention to that one to word. That word <laughs> right. <adventurous. laughs> you know? Like, dang you, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was, it was a brutal night. It's funny, I was listening to this uh, audio book, and I'll never, I mean, to be able to forget, like, the mountain, I associate it with this unbroken book. It was about this guy, you know, World War II. It's 
He was in a plane oh, yeah. crash, and they were in oh, the yeah. raft, and he got captured by the Japanese. So I spent the whole night listening to that story as I'm bushwhacking and stuff like that, you know? And uh, <laughs> so, so, but I was, yeah, so I'm having these brutal nights, you know, there was more that were to come and stuff like that. But anyway, so we survived the San Juans, you know, survived the San Juans, you know, that half peak, actually half peak happened right before the women before, who I thought, yeah. right? But, and because half peak took me all night, we had to leave some easy ones in the area to come back and clean up later you know so we cleaned them up on the way out of there so it's nice to get the san juans behind you there's like 30 centennials in that range yeah so surviving like uh, surviving yeah. that brutal night on capitol you know he had a couple really brutal yeah. brutal lows so yeah i guess i, I hadn't mentioned that but uh, yeah. like on the the centennial traverse i got through all these difficult traverses okay and it turned night on me on capitol capitol which i've done you know 20 times at least and then I just couldn't follow the standard route. I just could not follow the Karens. Like, I'm like, who's knocking Karens down on Capitol or something? I just couldn't follow the route. So I spent extra hours up there on Capitol. Like, yeah. it was insane, you know? And, uh, but so anyway, we survived the San Juans. And so now, finally, we got to go tackle what are basically the last hard peaks left. Like, hard as in technical, you know, class four peaks, stuff like that. We've got this, the Sangres, you know, the Sangre de Cristo range is, is left, right? But that's basically two days. You know, you, you, do, you do them in two chunks. There's a bunch of them that I call the Creston group, um, but there's only two that are actually like named Creston, but you know, it's like, you know, Kit Carson, Challenger, Humboldt, plus there's some Centennials there. And then there's another group, which is sort of centered around Blanca Peak and, and it includes like Little Bear. And, uh, you know, and so anyway, each of these days are kind of critical in the sense that you want to do them when they're dry, you know, because if you do, if it's raining or storms, you can be in some pretty nasty spots. And uh, so a couple critical days. And, and um, you know, so we get to the first one. And I think, was that when Lara was leaving or like Lara was, I, Wait, I had first, my last big meal. Oh, oh, you know, you know, we didn't sort of mention support crew, but my sister had sort of been with us for a while now. And she was cooking all this great food and I was eating so much when she was there. Mm. You know, she was like these giant pots. Like Yeah, we called quantity. we called her forerunner the food runner because you know, they're yeah. with Laura and Dave being there, their main um job was food. So okay. I didn't have to worry about it. Nice. I didn't have to worry about yeah. feeding him. And it was the best. I didn't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning and cook his meal, you know. And, <laughs> and, and so, I'm really craving the food she's cooking. It, it, it's yeah, like it's great, like, like egg yeah. croissants, sandwiches, and and potato burritos and you know with like so much yeah. stuff it's she did yeah. a great job you know cooking the food which was awesome and so she had stayed with us through that point and then you know so she left and said goodbye so and off i go katomer says great great couple days you know to be in the you know well i had two days to be in the song grace right two dry days and so he wanted us he, he highly recommended we get them done as soon as we could you know so we headed over there and, uh, you know, and so it was a pretty good day, you know, but after, you know, the big women each wipeout and stuff, I was still, you know, I wasn't feeling great, but actually, you know, and I haven't mentioned this to Andrea the night before. So after finishing the women each wipeout, we had to drive over cinnamon pass. We still had four peaks to wipe out. We had red clouds, sunshine, and then two unnamed centennials. Mm -hmm. And I was, act I actually had an amazing day on those. Like, oh, well, because like, he, he yeah. left us to do those in like, it was hot. It was like the middle of the day. It oh, yeah, was dude, just, brutal. he left kind of miserable and <laughs> just watching him hike away was really sad because he was just really yeah. sad. So <laughs> it was kind of like, wah, 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 you know? <laughs> but in the evening, I was actually jogging up to yeah. the summits of these like oh, unnamed centennials. Yeah. Like really? I was running. 
not okay. running fast, you know, but I knew he had a good day, but I didn't know that he was jogging. So I was feeling like I had, I was feeling like I was going to get strong from that point out. Like the first half of this, I mean, basically I'm about halfway done now. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling like, okay, wow, this is great. Like, look at, you know, I look at my legs are strong. Everything's going to be great now, you know? And so, you know, I got out of there. So then we headed over to the, um, you know, the, the song grace, like, like I mentioned. And so, and, and that day I wasn't hiking as super fast, but I was having a pretty good day. You know, I went and did Adams and then Kit Carson, Challenger, Columbia Point, you know, just knocking them off. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, it was actually kind of cool. I kept running into this one girl and it was like, you know, she saw me, said hi. Then I go to Adams, <laughs> come down. There she is again on Kit oh, really? Carson. So we talk again, you know, and, and mm-hmm. she was always sort of right there, you know. And, uh, but anyway, so then go get the, the hardest peaks that you want to get done on this day are, are uh, Crestone Peak and Crestone Needle. There's a traverse in between them. So all that just went great. According to plan, you know, great weather, got through all those. Still got a couple hours to get Humboldt done in the, uh, in the, in the light, you know. And so what, I'll, what I did was, you know, I, you have to drop off of the needle and, you know, you drop down to a uh, spot called South Colony Lakes is what they're called. And, and then from there, I got to, you know, climb 2,000 feet up Humboldt basically and then i can drop back down and then get to where andrea left my bike for me and this is a spot where i'll have a five mile bike ride down and when i did this same bike ride in the 14er record on my downhill bike it really lifted my spirits because it was just you're so fast like you blow you can you'll blow by like any any cars driving it or whatever you just blow right past them and it just it's you know you got the wind in your hair and it's just, you're not beating your joints up. And it's just, so I was really looking forward to this bike ride, you know, mm-hmm. remembering that. And, uh, and so Andrea, meanwhile. Yeah. So I hiked up his, I'm hiking up his bike and, and I noticed just like some wet patches and I'm sure it's always wet in this area. And, you know, me, I'm just trying to look out after him. And I'm, so I, I call him cause I have service or he called me yeah, or something. You, yeah. And, um, from the summit of Humboldt. Yeah. From yeah. the summit of Humboldt and mm-hmm. the sun's going down and, so we're talking a little bit. I'm like, oh, I just left your bike, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, and and it's funny, we talk about this story a lot because um, I'm like, well, you know, there's a couple wet spots that you need to be really careful of. And they're just kind of long. And he's just like, interesting. He's like, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The sun's going down, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. so, and so like, I kind of hung up the phone and I was like, mm, that was rude. <laughs> I was like, a little rude. But um, I knew she was annoyed with me and I, I felt bad. I felt bad. I did. And I had been a little like short with her, I guess, because, you know, I had, so I had ditched my pack, you know, 2000 feet below just so I could, I could pass something I do a lot is I'll try to ditch my pack. And, uh, and, and so, and then hike up and, and I was kind of racing it because even though humble is probably the easiest of the bunch, I still like it. When I did these in winter, I, I noticed coming down Humboldt in the dark, I, it was tricky for me. For some reason, I kept getting sucked off the wrong way off the ridge, you know? And so I just wanted to get as far down as I could in the light. And so I call her from the summit and she's like, oh, and by the way, you, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm heading down below and I want to get, get going. I got 20 minutes of light. Like, yeah, got it. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you know, and the, the trail, you know, it's a little bit wet. And then there's this other spot, you know, be really, I was like, yeah, I got it. It's always wet. I'm out of here. Bye. You know, <laughs> and, but then I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh, she thought I was being rude. And so I felt bad. And, you know, anyway, so I get going down and, uh, you know, it had been a beautiful day. And uh, one of those days with a beautiful sunset because it was all smoky. I, I forgot to mention, you know, the weather had kind of cleared and the smoke rolled in. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been dealing smoke all freaking summer, ever, you know, you know, ever since the uh, the rain sort of cleared up. But uh, it, but it does make for some beautiful sunsets. 
Yeah. And I really remember like what a glowing, you know, red ball the sun was right yeah. there before it set, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but it but, sets into nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like you'll see the sun and it looks like the horizon is way below it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll just see it sort of set into thin air. Yeah. And so I, I don't wow. know what that okay maybe the the clouds may or the smoke is hiding the true horizon or something i'm yeah, not it's like an illusion yeah. yeah 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 for sure and it's also it does the same thing when it rises it's just sort of like you're expecting you can see some mountains and you're expecting it to come over them but it pops up up higher you know just okay. out of the smoke uh, and uh yeah but uh but anyway as i'm coming down you know i had noticed right as, as i was talking to andrea some weird clouds starting to form over uh you know some of the peaks you know and as i'm you know, going down and it was pretty slow, but you know, and, and it was, it was the same thing I remember before that trail always tries to suck me off to the sides, you know, when it's getting dark and I'm tired, but uh, so I make it down and as you know, as I'm getting down, you know, to the saddle there and I still have quite a ways to go, there's a lightning bolt, you know, and it oh, lights and, up the oh, whole yeah. sky. And, Andrea remembered and, this. And I, I know too. that lightning bolt because I was now I was down um, at the very bottom in my car. And I, I uh, was just like, Oh, I'm just going to lay down. And, um, and even though I still had some cell service, um, it, I, you know, later we'll tell you, I didn't get his call, but, um, um, I, so I fell asleep and I think I'm like laying on my phone, but it's just this, the sky, you know, I, I hear this thunder. And so I wake up and then I'm sitting up in my car and it's just this huge lightning bolt. It was so impressive. And I was like, wow, thank God Andrew is not up there because like up at the summits, I just, it was so impressive and mm. it was just immediate thunder. And it was just so, I just, it's just ingrained in my brain, just that lightning mm. bolt right over the peaks and just the sound of the thunder that was, you know, the, the first, uh, boom of thunder is what woke me up and then there was this other flash of lightning and I was just like holy crap wow. you know and so then that's so then that's it, it was it, one of those really really cool ones too where it like lights up everything every, right it was, like dark day. At this it was like daytime for a split and, second it was and incredible. I wasn't expecting any sort of weather and then but now we got a lightning bolt and going mm -hmm. a little further lightning bolt and a raindrop and so i start clicking my pace i want to get to my pack you know yeah. so now third lightning bolt starting to, to hail now yeah. and the fourth one it's like this full-on hailstorm with like you know small marble sized hail and i'm sprinting trying to get down my pack yeah but... forget the wet road i was trying yeah. to tell oh, you yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's all wet like an inch of hail <laughs> and so i i dove under this tree i didn't quite make it to my pack but it really wasn't providing me much cover you know so i stayed there for a minute and then finally i go for the pack you know now i'm soaked and kind of demor demoralized you know and uh there's a lot of willows on that trail going down to that where the bike was going to be and so that sucked because then i had to get you know you know you're I, I guess i'm already wet so who cares but it's like it just sucks getting more wet you know you know you just you're soaked and you're just adding more water and and you can't even see the trails is covered in like, hail balls you know right and uh, and so yeah so anyway I wasn't super thrilled, but then I get to the bike and I'm like, okay, well, great. I can be on the bike. Unfortunately, it was all wet now. And, and that road, you know, the actual trailhead used to come up all the way up to where my bike was. But several years ago, they closed the road like uh, halfway up, you know, so now you could, you could drive up two and a half miles, but the last two and a half, you have to hike now. Okay. And that road hasn't been, been maintained in, you know, over a decade. And so all this water, you know, rainstorm, snow melt it's slowly taking away all the dirt. And so it's just getting rougher and rougher over the years. So it's kind of rough. It would have been great to have my downhill bike, you know, but so I'm getting beat up going down here. 
and I was doing okay. But then at some point, just out of the blue, I, I'm like staring at my face is about to hit the ground. And it was like one of those surreal moments where time stops. And I like have a moment to think about the fact that my face is about to smash into the ground. And I, you know, I didn't have a helmet or anything because I just wanted to have my light on. You know, I had my headlamp on. Also had a light on my bike. But, uh, and so I actually had time to put my hands down. And so I didn't really get any scratches or anything, but it was kind of a hard go over handlebars crash. And, and there was this like, I swear, it felt like this like several second delay. And then I hear my bike, bam, 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 it crash. And it sort of crashes over to the side. And I just sort of lay there. I was really exhausted at this point, And I just, it felt so good just to lay down. <laughs> it felt warm for some reason. Yeah. So I just sort of lay down. I wish, you know, sometimes it'd be really cool just to take the, the phone out and take a selfie of yourself in those moments. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I wish I could see myself just laying there. All comfy. But then it was like, I realized I'm in kind of running water, you know, because of the snow melts or sorry, the, the hail was sort of melting. And, and so I got up and, but I mean, what, that, he's yeah. so lucky that he didn't break his face. It, it could have been worse. Or yeah. his, oh, yeah. or his yeah. collarbone. I mean, it could have been, that could have been the end of the it was road such for, a, for sure. It was such a bumpy road. And where I went over my handlebars, I didn't even really see any big rocks. Like, of I don't course, know, yeah. it was almost as if the mountain god had reached down and plucked up my rear wheel and like dumped me off. That's enough. Yeah. And uh, but so the bad news was my I had damaged my calf muscle, and it was one of these things where it I couldn't move that leg or the 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 calf muscle would just freak out and like seize up. You know, it would seize up. So. Uh, so anyway, it was kind of a disaster, you know, and it wasn't like I didn't have any blood or nothing, you know, you might expect normally to be skinned a little bit from a mountain bike crash like that. But no, it was so I, I in hindsight, I really think the pedal of the bike, which was just one of those big flat pedals must have whacked my calf really hard as I was crashing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, imagine, you know, just if someone hits you really hard in the flesh of a muscle, you know, it, it can make it really painful. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what was going on. It would just seize up. And so I couldn't even pedal if I the act of pedaling when that leg would bend, the muscle would seize up on me, you know, and I still had a ways to go. So I sent Andrea a text message. I even tried calling her. Yeah, this is service. when like, I think I'm laying then, on my phone, so yeah. I didn't hear it. And I was like, oh, she's probably, you know, and not, then he not, thinks I'm mad at She's him. like ignoring me because she thought I was a jerk when I was talking <laughs> to her before. That's what I'm thinking. And uh, so anyway, it was a super painful ride. It wasn't the same experience I had before where I was like, it's this joyous bike ride right. to get down there. You know, I get down there and I, you know, the car, she's sleeping. So I like bang on the door. Like, yeah, Andrea. so he bangs on the door and then falls to the ground. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, crap. And honestly, like, yeah. I really like all joking aside, I really hate him coming back in this, in a condition like that. You know, I always am hoping that he's going to be in high spirits. It really, it really um, makes, keeps my spirits high and hopeful and, so, but you know, a lot of times, you know, he doesn't come back in high spirits or, mm -hmm. and so it really, I'm like, oh, I have, oh crap. You know, what now, what is wrong now? Because also through this whole thing, I'm really like counting every single day as a, as a success and knowing that any day we can be stopped for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. so every day I have these high hopes. I'm just like, you know, counting our blessings that we made it another day, you know? And, and so every day I has this little fear inside of me that something's going to happen and, it, and we're going to have be forced to quit and just be forced to stop. And so when he comes down and he's like banging on the window and then he's like, you didn't pick up your phone. Oh my Gavin, he's, 
you know, really in a lot of pain, I'm like, holy crap, what is going on? So, you know, we just, I just get him in the car and actually, um, to go back a little bit, um, during the day we were talking, um, about getting a hotel this night. Um, so I ended up getting a hotel for the night and which we were super lucky about. And, um, so throw him in the car and get him into the hotel room. And we had gotten a hotel previously for one night and it really was a pick me up for Andrew. He Mm. really loved that getting in the, the bathtub, getting a shower, getting, you know, just getting, um, rejuvenated and uh, sleeping on a bed and just really, really was a huge, um, plus and pick me up for him. So we figured that doing that one more time, uh, would be like, you know, kind of on, I guess this was now day 15, um, is just a good time to do it. You know, where we've got like a little less than a week left, let's get fresh, freshened up. And so, um, got into the hotel and he just, you know, he's questioning if he can continue, he can barely walk. And, and, um, so we get him to the bathtub and, you know, just, we're just one thing at a time here, let's just get clean and, um, and so his calf is seizing up and I know it's kind of crazy to think about that now it's like man I still had so many mountains to climb yeah. like probably 30 35 mountains to go and my leg is like you know I mean how am I gonna hike on this leg this like this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and, and um, yeah. we, we really were kind of like as, as not that night but the next morning um, into into pikes that we were climbing the next day um, we kind of realized that it's, it's very painful, but it's not a take me out pain. It was kind of more of like a dead leg. Like he hit, we kind of think he hit the pedal, Mm -hmm. um, of his bike on his calf muscle. So it just really hurt kind of like a dead leg. Um, yeah. So, so he's in the bathtub and, and you know, the bathtub is like full up to his neck with water, you know, he's just like in the fetal position curled up. It's like (laughs) brown water and hot bathtub now, you know? And so, so we're like draining the water and he's complaining that his calf is. Um, well, and my thought was that it was like, maybe it's just intense cramping, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so let's go for some pickle juice. Cause I'd heard that that has, is really good for cramping, you know, totally. electrolytes, right? yep. and we were on this trip to Goblin Valley earlier this year. And my mom had kind of got overworked on this Canyon hike we did and she was cramping up and she drank some pickle juice and, you know, from what I had remembered, it was like, man, she was like, wow, the pickle juice really works, you know? So we had brought some pickles just for this purpose, emergency <laughs> pickles, you know? And, uh, but I didn't know that my mom was severely affected that night by puking and diarrhea, yeah. right? And so anyway, you know, we're in a shower and, and so I was like, okay, let's, ha- let's eat some pickles and drink some pickle juice, you know? So Andrea brings it in. I drink some pickle juice. You know, I, I eat a pickle and then she stuffs another one in. Yeah. Like, you, I was like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And she like yeah, stuffs like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. and, and, uh, and then I just got like, I was in the he tub. Was I was telling me super that, like, hot yeah, and nauseous. Yeah. He know? was like telling me, he's like, yeah. I can't kick this nausea and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so then like, he's like, we drained the bathtub water and then he puts the shower on him. And he's just like, I just can't kick the nausea. And and I'm, I'm in the bathroom with him. And he just like, at that very moment, he's just vomiting his brains out like uh, (laughs) three times. And it was full vomits all three times. Like It was there no dry heaving. There was no just like getting the rest out of your stomach. It was like, 
full on puke. And I, I was so, I was just like sitting there wide-eyed, like, holy crap, what is happening? And so then like, he's, he's like, I told you I was nauseous. <laughs> and well, she'd been talking about all this food I had to eat, you know, cause that's yeah. one of her big jobs. It's like yeah. making me eat like all the shoving time. Shoving calories. And, and, and it's so, like, and it's yeah. not even really like, it's, it's not even good. It's like, you know, donuts and cookies and cake. And you know, when we're off the mountain, and that's when I try to cook in the warm food and the, you know, the noodles and the potatoes and stuff like that. But, um, but so, so he's trying to like, now he's like puking and he's weak and now I'm bathing him and I kind of compare it to, you know, it's like taking care of an infant, you know, right. it's like totally, he's just incapable of anything right now. And so I'm bathing him and then trying to get him into bed. And we have these, we didn't even talk about them. We have these like compression, um, zip ups. I don't know what they are, oh, but like compression boots. Yeah. 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 For the whole, yeah. for the whole legs. Yeah. And they, they, they yep. compress it and keep the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. So I got him in bed and put him in those and, kind of that was just his job and just fall asleep you know and so then I'm trying to like his gear is soaked everything is wet so you know poor people I don't know next it's like four o'clock in the morning I'm going in and out trying to get to the car and then you know this that and the other trying to organize and I'm like I don't know hopefully people can sleep because I am just like going in and out and everywhere but so he ends up falling asleep and we actually um don't wake up until later the next morning it's like 8 a.m we actually get a really good night's sleep and um yeah we stayed past checkout time you know we yeah. there past 11 yeah and because you know it was like well, it was like, what are we gonna do today you know obviously i can't go do the little bear group you know on my calf like this and and now i'm super weak because of the puking i didn't want to eat anything because everything made me nauseous all of a sudden mm-hmm. you know so so we decided, well, you know, we had these four stragglers, like three of them in the set in the saw watch that we'd left behind. You know, they were all by themselves and we had pipes. And so I sort of had had pictured in my head, well, that was going to be a day. You know, we'd go pick up the stragglers plus, plus pikes on one day. So now it was like, well, let's change the plan. Let's just go get pikes and just see how it goes. Cause it's got a it's a pretty smooth, it's a long hike, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, but it's got a pretty good trail and it might be a good one to test the calf out on, you know. So we drive over to Pikes, and that ended up for me just feeling like this marathon death, death march hike. Andrea's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it was fine. And, and, you know, we knew that you could go on after that. Like, man, no, for me, no, 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 no. I, I, I was like. Mentally, he was yeah, somewhere else. But yeah, me, I knew yeah. he could go on. So I'm like, you're fine. It's going like, to be great. I mean, you know, I had, she, she's making this amazing collection of all the places I've slept in the mountains. You know, she got a couple of good ones for her collection there yeah and it's really funny because you know we took crags and um and you know the on the route you're in this huge flat area and you see the summit of pikes all mm-hmm. the way in the back and oh. so i have the picture of him napping and with an arrow pointing oh, yeah. to the summit i'm like almost there you know it's got a reputation of being really easy from that crags trailhead side right. you know but man, it is a long hike, you know. It's yeah, still it's like a long one. I mean, it's long when yeah. you do the whole thing in a low, you yeah. know. It totally. just yeah. forever. Yeah. So that was another one where so, I was like, oh, you know, I can carry your pack and help you out. Until, but the good like, news was eat. like the good after it was a real struggle going up um, with the, the, the calf, you know. But it was like one of those injuries. I don't know. I, I used to get when I was younger, you know, playing basketball. If you'd mm-hmm. ever roll your ankle really hard, 
a lot of times if you just walked it off, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't, if you just went home, right, then it would swell up and it, you'd put you out for like a week. And I think this was one of those things where we did the right thing. You know, I got out there on it mm -hmm. and I hiked on it. It was painful, but I, I worked it out, you know, and mm -hmm. at that point it was still really sore for, for days going on, but it wasn't, it was manageable, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was good news. Um, but, but now I was still, I was feeling very frail. You know, like last year, my dad's always been really thin. And I remember a couple of years ago, we did this trip to the, you know, and, and I don't see him too often and put my arms around him at one point for a hug. And he felt so frail to me because yeah. he's so skinny, you know? And, um, and man, I was feeling like that. I was feeling very frail. I, I was looking at myself. I was feeling very thin. I mean, I did lose, you know, quite a bit of weight. Um, and so, and this was probably at the low and I didn't want to eat anything. So that was a big problem, you know, because, you know, obviously I need to keep the calories coming in. And at this point, I've probably used up my reserves. It's probably good to be kind of a heavier person than a lot of, you know, a lot of ultra runners, you know, you want to be these 130, 140 pound guys, you know, you're, you're light, you know, and mm -hmm. that, that pays dividends. But, but a lot of times when you're that light, you don't have a lot of reserves. If you have to mm -hmm. go into a cold night, you know, if you run out of food, you know, your body, you just don't have a lot of fat to eat. Well, I had used up those reserves that I that I have being a slightly bigger guy. So I was worried, like, what am I going to do? Well, fortunately, she had a friend living in Colorado Springs. And I was when we're going through all this food, it just makes me want to puke just thinking about it. Things normally my go to food like Oreos. Normally, I, you know, go to the, the golden Oreos, love those. But man, one thought of an Oreo, I just wanted to puke all over. You know? <laughs> just like, you know, so but I was thinking, well, maybe yogurt would be OK, you know, and and uh, Andrea, you know, there's these Nusa yogurts that are super high in calories. And mm -hmm. I was thinking of it like, you know, that doesn't make me too nauseous thinking about those. So she had a friend that actually drove from Colorado Springs, went to the grocery store and then got to the cars before we were even there. You know, yeah, wow. I mean, like, great because, you know, we think about calories for a lot of just this this food. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, great. One of those is almost 400 calories. That's amazing. You oh, know, so yeah. two of those and you get 800 calories. So, so, wow. so anyway, probably wasn't the best thing, but the next day we had to go get the rest of the Sangres, you know, which includes like the Little Bear Blanca Traverse. Okay. And so it big day, you know, in hindsight, gosh, I'm thinking, was that wise? Because like, man, I was pretty beat up at that point. I wasn't, <laughs> I was super weak. My leg was still hurting yeah. a lot, you know, and, uh, and man, but the good news was if I could just get that day done, that was it as far as the really big legs. Okay. After that, they were all much more manageable. Mm -hmm. Except, well, one of them ended up being a little harder than planned, but but that was a big deal to sort of get that group done, you know. So so that's what we did the next day, mm -hmm. and I sort of I had this original plan that involved you know someone driving me up the infamous like Lake Como Road, you know, super mm -hmm. rough to yeah. sort of get me on Little Bear. But you know because of the messed up plan, um, our friend Kyle wasn't available, you know. So then thinking about it. I came up with a new plan, which was just to drive up to the Herfano Trailhead, which is the standard way to do Lindsay. And there's a way to just do a big loop of all those peaks right there. There's Herfano, Lindsay, Blanca, Little Bear, Ellingwood, and California Peak. And so there's this big loop you can do right there. And it's almost all on ridge lines. And some of them are difficult. Like there's one of them rated like a 5-4. It's only one spot on it. So it's not like continuous class 5-4, but it's fairly tedious like class 4 going up there. And then there's the Little Bear Blanca Ridge, which is like got to be one of the best in the state, just in terms mm. of a sheer exposure. You know, it's totally exposed on both sides. And and uh, and it's just it's amazing how much I don't know if you've ever done that, but that's like yeah. an amazing, amazing. Oh, route. And so, but this 
that this loop that I did required me to do it twice. I had to go out to Little Bear and back to Blanca. Oh, know? that's and, right. And so, which I actually thought was kind of cool. Like, you know, I, I thought that'd be fun. I had also done uh, the Maroon Bells twice, you know, um, and and so and I had never done the route going from Blanca to Ellingwood. So it was kind of kind of a you know kind of a fun idea, but um, but I was kind of like moving slow that day. You know, and now some storms were starting to move in. You know, you know, this was the day that we we're supposed to be starting to get some moisture. You know, and uh, so you, you know, I mean, I did Herfano, Lindsay, and I'm moving okay, but feeling kind of slow. And you know, I mean, I've done that. You know, Blanca to Little Bear Traverse, and in, in you know, like an hour ten before. So I was hoping to be fast, but I think it was more like an hour forty. You know, which is just a little demoralizing because that's each way. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like there's an extra hour gone, just like that. Meanwhile, I hadn't accounted for the fact that. Not only was I not hungry, or, or no, I was nauseous, and so I didn't want to eat anything. But I there was no water because I was on these ridges all day oh, long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I basically had like two water bottles to last me the whole day. Oh, I had no. refilled on the way up Lindsay, so I and I, I had drunk a lot there. You know, I sort of gorged myself. But at that point, there was nothing but snow, and so I tried to refill. You know, if you if you have a water bottle that's like half full of water, you can add snow to it, and it'll melt the snow you know and but you have to be careful you can't get too thirsty and drink all your water because you can't just put snow in a, in a bottle right and expect right. it to melt it'll just yeah. stay frozen you know so um anyway so you know i'm on these ridges and then that ended up just being the most brutalizing night as well just because it was raining and i'd never done the ridge from that goes from ellingwood towards north towards california peak and it's super long and much more difficult than roach gives it credit for in my opinion you know uh super tedious and I get to California peak and, and oh yeah, back, back at Blanca, you know, looking at California, it's, it's so far away. It's just like, oh, you know, and I've got an hour of daylight, you know, and it's so far away. So I know it's probably going to take me all night, you know, which is just mm -hmm. this horrible thought. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it did, <laughs> you know, in the rain, you know, and so, but, you know, so about six in the morning, you know, right as it was getting light, I finally popped out and, you know, and Andrea had, the good news was because I'd made it this big loop she got to be fully rusted. You know, she, she just got to stay there. Nothing to do. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and that might seem like nice, but honestly, that's not easy for me, you know, to be 24 hours away from Andrew and, you know, to really be on the go-go, but then also just being there by myself in my car, like you kind of get a little stir crazy thinking mm -hmm. about it, get a little lonely. And so it's like, I do, you know, I try to sleep. Right. So, and I can, and you know, something about us, like we can, you know, really sleep anywhere, anytime, which is really nice. And so, you know, but I sleep until like 11 and then kind of dink around a little bit organized. That, that was a big thing for crew. It was just all the organization. Oh, yeah. No, that takes a lot. You know, there's a lot of organizing and a lot of like when I'm unorganized, it's like my brain is cloudy. I can't focus. I can't mm -hmm. do anything. It's like I need to get organized. And and if so, that was a big deal. So, you know, it did some organizing and um, just um, and then just waiting. And so then I hiked in a little bit and but it's just, you know, so that was probably that was definitely the longest day by myself. You know, usually it's this whole record there you don't stop and you know for both of us we don't stop but that was definitely a day where um it was time away from andrew was wasn't the easiest you know for sure i guess one nice thing for me too was at that point i kind of felt confident we were going to finish 
Mm. You know, it was like, I think we were down to around 20-ish peaks left to go. Um, something like that. Like I said, I never really knew how many peaks I have yeah. left. Once I got totally whacked up on day one, you know, and, uh, but, but at that point it was like looking at the peaks we had left, it was some like stragglers, you know, that I'd missed in the saw watch. And, uh, and there was actually one leg I'm not really giving full credit to that was kind of difficult in the saw watch, which was Lackawanna, you know, Casco, Frasco, French benchmark, Elbert, you know, then uh, massive in Oklahoma. So that ended up being kind of a big deal. That was a yeah, big deal. Yeah, and also but, like one of our yeah. like massive miscommunication events, yeah. you know, but, uh, but then after that, I would just sort of be in the, uh, you know, the 10 mile mosquito range. And I was just sort of like, yeah, those are like, you know, some, some quick ones, you know, cause if you think about it, if my plan was 20 days, hundred mountains, you know, actually I did a bunch of extra mountains too, you know, like ones that I probably ended up doing like 110, but basically the plan is, you know, to do five a day and that would get you to, you know, get you 20 days, get a hundred peaks. Right. Wow. But there were days like, you know, pikes where I got one and there was other days too, where I'd only gotten one or two peaks in. And so I was really looking forward to 10 mile mm. mosquitoes. Like yeah, I'm going to crank out like nine in one day mm. here. And so mm -hmm. I'm really going to finish strong, mm -hmm. which ended up being the case, mm -hmm. you know, but, but actually there is this fun, other funny story. Yeah. And uh, wait, I want to tell it okay. because, because yeah andrea goes on now, you're, tells you're, the whole story you're hearing, of all these messages back and you're forth. hearing it from yeah, his side yeah, so just right. okay. remember that there's okay. three sides to every story <laughs> basically so so uh what we found out unfortunately was that the route going up well actually so this is along the nolan's course you know so i know you're pretty familiar with nolan's so you know so in nolan's you would do elbert you'd go over bull hill you know you elbert from echo canyon bull hill elbert drop down elbert go over to North Half Moon, you know, massive and then out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so I don't, I didn't really want to go down the fish hatchery way on massive. You know, it's much easier just to come back to, to North Half Moon trail, oh, you know, which is the way you, you, you go up if you're going north, uh, south to north. And, uh, but we found out, and so, so I had this big plan. After I drop off of Elbert, Elbert drops exactly 3,000 feet and gets you to this road. And then you're on this road on your way to the massive trailhead. And it's the perfect spot for a bike because it's exactly 3,000 feet down from the summit of Elbert. And that bike can save me several miles. Mm -hmm. You know, so on my plan, I had a waypoint there for her to take the bike to. And then I actually, it was pretty elaborate this time. There's another spot where then, you know, so she would drop the bike off there, go to another point, wait for me there. I get on the bike, drop it off with her, take the shortcut over the North Half Moon Trailhead. Probably way too complicated. But in any case, we find out that that road is closed going up to the North Half Moon Trailhead. They've closed uh -huh. it off for a big chunk of the summer. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that threw a wrench into the plans because yeah. I'm like, oh, crap, I guess I can't get support after doing, you know, Lackawanna, Casco, Fresco, French, and Elbert. I guess there's not going to be support. So I'll just have to go on, go do Massive in Oklahoma, and then just drop down to the fish hatchery. That was what, what I figured the plan would be. But then, you know, as she's looking into it, she discovers that, well, it's just a few miles down the road from like the standard trailhead of massive, you know, so it's, it's like four or five miles. And so she could potentially hike up, you know, so then I'm like, well, great, let's go back. You can He's push, like, great. Yeah, yeah, do it. Great. So you can push the bike up, you know, to, to, you know, this waypoint that I have off at Elbert, I can ride the bike. It'll be great. You know? So anyway, I'm hiking along that day and uh, man, I made a stupid mistake on Elbert, but I mean, for Nolan's, I, I was trying a different route, you know, I saw a bunch of scree, but then it got dark on me. And so ah, I lost a bunch of time. Us oh, drives me nuts because I should know Nolan better than that by now, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so we're communicating. Right. And so as I'm doing these peaks, 
it's now dark. She's pushing up the bike, right? And she gets to this river crossing. And she's like, I, you know, there's this river crossing and I don't know where to go. You know, it's funny because I had drawn these routes uh, on her on her map thing so she could follow them. But the one route went up to North Half Moon Trailhead, you know, where Massive starts. And the other route, I actually started it on the other side of the river. So there wasn't a route going across the river. She didn't really know where to go. And so she's like, well, I, you know, I'd have to go through the water. I don't really want to. And so I get this message. Basically, it says to that effect, right? So, in, you know, I, when I get the message, you know, unbeknownst to me, it's like an hour has gone by since she sent it. So I'm like, that's no problem. Just go take the bike to North Halfway Trailhead. See you there. Everything's fine, you know? And meanwhile, she's going along. She decides to go across the river and she's hiking along, sending me other texts, you know? And when I start getting them, I'm like, well, why isn't she back at North Halfman? I said, just go to North Halfman Trailhead. Everything will be fine. And she's like, well, I've already crossed the river. There was one text message that I sent him um, when I, before I crossed the river. And then I was already crossed the river hiking up, you know, because I have to hike up. I don't know how many, was it a couple, a couple thousand? Oh, no, it's it's not that far. Not even a thousand, probably like, you know, 400 feet or so, or maybe 500. Yeah, it's got to be more than Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. well, anyway, so it's just, I'm, tr- I'm trying to text satellite message him and hike the bike up. So it's just, the time is going really slow. And so to me, everything is just amplified. Like, I'm like, God, this feels like, like I'm just going forever. I'm going for hours. And so he gets one of my messages where I'm at the river previously. And he's like, great. Looks like you're in the right spot. Stay at North Half Moon. And I'm like, it's like an hour has already gone by. And I'm like, no, I'm coming up to MTB4. Like that is where I'm going. And so we're going back and forth with all these delayed satellite messages. And I'm just like, at first he was, I was getting more messages. I kept saying, just go back to the North Massive Trailhead. I was like thinking about, I'm like, that'll just be the easiest anyway. And at this you know, time, then, you know, I mean, I don't get that much benefit from the bike ride anyway. And then you'll just be there. But I knew he wanted me up at Mountain Bike 4 from previous messages. um, I knew he wanted me up there. And I always like, I always want to show up for him. Right. And so now at this time, I'm at the second river crossing, which I've learned in our satellite messages is, well, if I don't cross that river crossing, then I've done nothing because he really benefits from the bike after that second river crossing because before that it's just complete crap it's it's just i'm hiking the bike anyway yeah but um so it's dark now on me and and i'm just like we decided that i'm just gonna stay put right there and um and i don't know if he like i and yeah so I'm, i'm stay put for like a half hour and i'm just like have all these negative thoughts and and I'm like trying to sleep and there's bugs crawling all over me. And like, and then, so then I, I get up and I move to a rock and I'm like, surely the bugs will stay away from me. Cause I won't be laying on the ground. Well, I'm like, got my sleeping bag on my shoulders and I'm like, just trying to like, like get my head in my knees. And like, I feel this like nibble on my foot. I like wake up. I swear it is a huge rat. I still don't I, believe and her. And what? everybody doesn't believe me. I am like, So I, I decided I was like, I'm crossing the river and I'm going like, I'm just going to do this. And so I ended up crossing the river and because from the other side of the river, it just looks really, I'm like, where is he going to bike down? I just didn't see a spot where he was going to bike. And that happens to me a lot. I'm like, ah, 
this is too hard. And then he's like, and then he finds a way to do it. Well, so here I was like, I didn't even know where the trail was. I was so confused. It was just looked so rocky everywhere. I was like, where does he plan on riding down? And so eventually I found it. I found, I found it. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I get back on the trail and he's texting me that he's two miles away from me that he, and that he does want me to hike up. So I am hiking up and, and that was delayed because literally three minutes later, I see his light. And so we meet up. And so basically I've done nothing because I was supposed to hike the bike up a little bit further from there. So that was a little depressing. We got to each other. We're both annoyed, not like we're both really annoyed, but we, it was, it was fine. It all ended up being fine, but we were annoyed at the miscommunication, not necessarily at each other. It was just annoyed. We were annoyed that it just, we were, we realized that we were over communicating and we weren't letting the messages go through and that Mm -hmm. I feel like I failed him. And so it was more of just like, unfortunate that it happened. It was really frustrating. It it just goes to show that like, even with the satellite things, it's not the same as being able to text back and forth on your phone because the messages can be so delayed, Delayed. you know? And so Mm -hmm. by the time I get a message and I'm responding, it's been an hour. And then by the time she gets my response, it's been an hour. And so we were both, I, I was kind of like pissed at her when, we, when I got to her. I like, I, I mean, I sent her like five or six messages in a row saying the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, just to try to make the point. Like, hey, this is what I want you to do. Go to North Massive Trailhead, go to North Massive Trailhead. And then later it was like, well, if you're not going to go back to North Massive Trailhead, keep going up the road. Don't stop at that second river crossing, you know? And the message just didn't get across. And from her point of view, it was the same thing, but it was like, well, you know, why, you know, you know, because whatever. I was you know, like, why would I go me. back? I'm all the way yeah. already up here. Right. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go all the way back down. So, so anyway, that was the big lesson though. There was like, man, we were just over communicating, you know, and it was just tough because we were really frustrated, but it actually ended on a really high note because when we did hike, we, we, you know, I rode the bike, you know, kind of ahead of her and then I'd stop and wait for her to catch up. And then we sort of hiked the bikes up to North Half Moon Trailhead and that's where we slept. And we had like the best night of sleep ever. I think we both yeah, felt. Yeah, I, I brought like his like really yeah. good. I brought this really big sleeping pad that we had. And I mean, not really big, but it's a backpacking one, but it's it's wide. And and we had one sleeping bag. So we shared the sleeping bag, but we just set it out. We were just in this like little camping area, little field of pine needles. And it was amazing. And, yeah. and we just passed out so hard and we just slept and, and Andrew had a great ride down on his bike. He rode down on his bike and I hiked down to the North Matt half moon, which would then I realized how not far we were from North like half moon. It took like minutes. 10 minutes. So when I was like, just go back. To I was like, she oh. was like, Oh, maybe that wasn't such like, maybe an insane that wasn't request, so you know? insane, yeah. but it just seemed like an eternity right, yeah. hiking up the bike and so it just everything was so skewed in my mind but so then he ended up waking up early at like 4 a.m and but um, you know that was actually kind of cool because of that closure no that's actually something people might want to pay attention to in the future because of that closure that was a really neat day because there was nobody there on massive on that site yeah that was nice it was like um so that it was kind of neat it was like there were no cars up there and mm. and so but you could still get up there via bicycle and actually that's what woke me up was a couple of bikers mm. sort of biked by where we were sleeping okay and uh, so so then anyway so that's how we sort of dealt with that road being closed you know so then we left the bike there and i went and did massive in oklahoma oklahoma by the way kicked my butt i had never quite made it. andrea we were once gonna scout it out and andrea got like uh an injury that day and she had to back out 
And, uh, which so we actually did, ended up leading yeah, to my knee okay. surgery, which was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then, which has been a great thing. That's for been her. a great thing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. but so I hadn't done Oklahoma and then that really kicked my butt. It looks like this nice grassy Ridge and it's just full of cliffs and stuff, you know, but, uh, but anyway, so got out of there. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I think, and then finally, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I after that we were all finished, I was looking back at my pictures and some of the videos I was taking along this thing, you know, I'll take, Sometimes I try to do this because I never used to do this in the past. And I'm really sad because in the past, I don't really have great documentation of some of these big things I've done. Mm. Whereas this time, Andrea did such an amazing job on Instagram and mm. writing a story up. And so I feel like I'll really be able to remember it better. And I've been trying to be better by every once in a while, just do a, like a little like video uh, for myself just to remember what, how the day was going yeah. and stuff. And looking back at them, they were all so negative, you know, and everything was just misery, this and misery, that. Until finally, like, you know, that last day when I was like, man, I'm feeling strong today. You know, it, that was like on Grays and Tories. And, uh, and so it was nice to, to finally get through all this, the injuries, the weather, you know, all this stuff, these big legs that, that are just, you know, so destructive on the body and yet to still finish strong. That, that felt really good, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. We've got one more, oh. one more story for that, uh -huh. for like a, one of our biggest stories probably. And it's the one that you mentioned with like cars breaking down, which oh, right. it, yeah, yeah. our car didn't break down, but the battery did die. And that's a pretty amazing story. And it yeah. comes with, um, um, the kind of a backstory of how we got access to Decalibron. We were on Holy Cross. We have a friend, Kyle, who, um, hooked us up with, um, uh, uh, what's his, what's his Oh, name? well, Kyle knows it. his cousin's name is Ryan, whose like, wife is... No, but like, who's, who's the guy? Who's oh, the, the guy. Oh, I can't remember the actual yeah. owner's name. John yeah. or something? John, John. Oh, John? Yeah, John. Okay. So Kyle got us in contact through people um, to, with John and essentially... He's the owner of, yep. of, the, of the peaks up there. Like, yeah. You know, the uh. summit of... The owner of the summit of um, Democrat, Lincoln, and Bronx. Yeah, mm. and so... He ends up calling me. We're on Holy Cross. We're coming off of Holy Cross. It's it's now dark and and um and he calls me and so we end up getting he's like, Great, come and but I'm not in town, so you have to come to Littleton. He's like, Yeah, you got if you drive to Littleton, you <laughs> drive can get to Littleton the tomorrow when we're yeah. supposed to be on DeCalbron. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, and come sign the papers. And I'm like, Okay, I guess I'm going to Littleton tomorrow. Oh, wow. You know, and so but he was a little concerned because you know, he's kind of this old, you know, old sort of fashion guy. And so we were like, Well, is there anything we could sign like online, you know, or right. anything like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that and, at first I was like, Listen, I promise I would never sue you no matter what, you know. But of course he's like, Well, <laughs> but, boy, yeah, just, uh, yeah. You know, you can't do that. And yeah. so then and then we were like, Well, what if you know Andrea came in, signed her waiver there, and then brought a waiver to me and we took a picture of it and sent it to him before we hiked. Yeah, and then know? and then mm. we'll deliver the actual yeah. piece of paper that mm -hmm. Andrew signs after the record. Yeah, which so, we did like four days we later. Did, like, we four days okay. yeah. He's actually he's great. great. I love him. Yeah. I love the guy. I'm like, could you be yeah. my grandpa? I mean he's awesome. So, <laughs> I'm really sympathetic to his situation up there of like the liability that he right. faces. He wants know? people to yeah. climb the mountains. And so yeah. he just needed to figure it out. He he's like I feel like unlike other people who own land, he wants people on that land and he wants people to enjoy it and he is excited about that, but he doesn't want to get sued, which is understandable. So anyway, so, so, um, so this, so we get permission. That's like another example of crew members not getting sleep because, you know, we get off of Holy Cross and I have to drive now to, what did you do that next day? Oh, well, I started with a uh, horseshoe. Right. Horseshoe. Yeah, horseshoe. So sure, now man. we're, so now I'm driving over there through the night and then literally we get there and 
he starts hiking and I have to book it to to Littleton. Littleton. And then after that, now I'm climbing Decalibron with him. And and I'll say, I'll say too, that I would much rather be the one hiking because I cannot stay awake if I'm tired driving. Like you so yeah. had to turn around and drive to Littleton. Oh, that right. would have just been horrible. Yeah, it was it was it was <laughs> yeah. big deal for me because that then after I pick up the papers, I'm hiking to Calibron with him. And then after that, I'm hiking down and driving around to pick him up. So both of us were just, I mean, I was like, God, oh, at least he got to sleep in the car, but I was wiped. And Spent, so yeah. so we get um we get permission to hike to Calibron. We're on top of uh maybe i don't know lincoln and we're looking over and we're because we're looking at his next route um yeah and the nice thing about being able to do decalibron is it opens up this link up with clinton which is a centennial that's connected via this ridge to democrat whereas Mm. if i hadn't been allowed up there i would have had to do clinton kind of by itself which i've i'd never done i'd never done clinton sort of from the route that i'd have to be going up and down and, uh, but, but now, so, so now I get to link it up with Democrat, which is great, but that is a technical route. Like uh, the North Ridge of Democrat is surprisingly technical, um, you know, and, and actually there's some, some pretty technical ridges just all the way along that ridge line. But uh, so, but it still would, it would have to be better than coming, you know, than going, driving around and going up and down Clinton by itself, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, but you can see what I had found on the satellite, you know, photos was there's a road, you know, that, so if I could just get off Clinton, Get down to this road. I'm going to be home free. Get down to this, you know, reservoir where she's going to be waiting for me. And we can see it on on the summits. We're like, wow, that's a huge road. That all you have to do is easy. Just get there. Because earlier in the day, I'd had this kind of miserable willow experience coming off of Dyer Peak. You know, it's like I did Horseshoe Sherman and Dyer, and I was trying to take one of Roach's like adventurous routes again. And it just landed me in like willows and mud. And so I was kind of cursing Roach that day. So we're looking (laughs) over there. And I think I was commenting, well, look, look at what I had to go through on Dyer because it's this huge valley of just nothing but willows. But the difference was at least this time there was a road, you know, so I was going to be on this road. It was going to be great. So anyway, we go over to Democrat. That's the last of the Calibron and uh, that we had to do. And then we say goodbye because she she was going to go back to the car, drive around to where she's picking me up. And I had to go over to the Clinton on this ridge and now it's dark. And uh, and so I had kind of forgotten from a few years ago when I'd climbed this ridge, how there is a really technical spot. You know, I remembered it, that it was going to be a challenge, but man, it really threw me for a loop in the dark. I had a mm-hmm. hard time. Probably one of the, the like the scariest spots I was in on the whole thing was on freaking Democrat, you know, <laughs> just trying to climb around this like, <laughs> like fire thing on this ridge. Right. And so then I get, you know, and then it's just like, you know, it's dark. So the ridge lines always take forever and get to, to Clinton. So now I'm just following this route that I had just sort of drawn in on my map, you know, with the satellite train. And I get down to this road thinking that, well, okay, I've done it. You know, I'm down to the road and I'm home free. But I didn't realize that was where the, the battle was really beginning for the night, you know, and it's, it was surprisingly wet up there. There was all kinds of like, like just water like in the road and everywhere. And what that road ended up being, well, first of all, it was super gnarly. There was unbelievable obstacles that these roads, that these cars are going over, like mm. unbelievable. It's like, you know, Lake Como all over again, plus some, in my opinion. But um, so you get down and in this willow zone down there, it's it was so wet. It was like this swamp, you know, it's like you're going through a lake that's lined with willows and it had rained earlier in the day. So all the willows were soaked. And so you couldn't even like try to go around them, you know? And so I ended up having to wade through all these like, water you know it was just miserable i hated i hated every second of it 
and it was just dragging on and on and on, you know. So then finally I get out to the main road, but because I'm in that range to meet the 3000 foot rule, I can't have her waiting for me there. I have to hike down the road for another couple miles to try mm -hmm. to drop 3000 feet from Clinton, you know. So I, I hike and I finally, I see her car, you know, and I get to it, we'll wake her up. She goes to turn on the car and it's dead, you know. Nothing. And, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, man, man, that car, you know, it, her, her forerunner, it's been solid. It just hit 100,000 miles. It's never broken down nothing. But you I don't knew. even know what she left on. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I knew yeah. I had to have left something on yeah. because, I, but, but when I went to bed to lay down, I didn't, I, I don't, it must have been like my really low lights on daylight. I don't know, but yeah. something was left on. But it's a bad spot because it's, you know, it's probably like, I think one or two in the morning, you know, we were hoping just okay. to like oh, drive like straight over to Quandary. Yeah. You know, and, and she hasn't seen a car all night. You know, oh, yeah. and we're in there. Yeah. We're in and, there by the there's reservoir. No there's nowhere, there's no cell service. Yeah. We're in there miles and yeah. miles and miles. Yeah. We're in. Yeah. And so, and I'm like, what are we gonna do? So well, we were supposed, so you mentioned uh TJ. So we were supposed to be meeting him that next day uh yeah, quandary. for quandary. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I guess we didn't really think about, oh, well, I don't think we had a satellite tracker information because if we yeah. did, we could have satellite messaged him, but we were like, well, we could message his sister, which he's not going to get, she's not going to get that until the morning. And then she'll have to come out here. And yeah, it was it just, like just going to put us hours yeah. and hours and hours behind. And yeah. we're just like, crap. Meanwhile, we, we wouldn't be able to turn on her car. So I couldn't use those puppy leg things, you know, mm -hmm. it was going to get cold. It was just going to be really ugly, but just then bad. just right then, like, like literally waiting for a, you know two minutes of like oh crap what are we gonna two do two minutes a car shows not up not even no you know, way we see headlights and andrew's like oh my god there's headlights and i was no. like what? <laughs> and so this car comes and and they're just coming down to us what are they doing i have no idea and we're like do you guys have jumper cables and they were like all i andrew asked that and all i hear was the guy just saying like yeah we do they were like, the lady wow. was like we're gonna hook you guys up oh really oh yeah. that's funny and so so um so, so we get hooked up and, and at first it doesn't work. And we're like, okay, cause we tried to use my mini startup. It just yeah. no good. And so, um, so we tried to get the car started. It wouldn't, didn't work, you know, 10 minutes later. So they're working there like, well, let's just sit on it. You know, you sometimes the car's so dead, you have to sit with the cables hooked up. And so I was kind of doubting. I was, we were feeling bad. We were like, nah, it's okay. And so then we're like, well, we'll just give it a try. So we did. We sat for a little bit. And then, um, lo and behold, we got the car started. And no it kidding. was incredible. I was like, yeah. you guys seriously yeah. saved us. It right. Amazing. It really felt like a miracle. Just yeah. Because, and the fact that we didn't really lose any time. We didn't lose it, time. Wow. We didn't have to jump through hoops. And then yeah. it was cool because the next day we did Silver Heels and hiking up you um we at like kind of at sunset we uh we were kind of coming down from the summit there was this these huge sunbeams just right over the reservoir where my car I've never was seen one like that it made this perfect golden triangle right on the reservoir this sunbeam it was like a gold a, a patch of gold like from this thing right where we had she had been parked down there yeah it, it was, was so cool and yeah. so it was just such a sweet memory for us we were like yeah. wow that is so cool like so that was just yeah. amazing. So wow. I don't know. That was just such a crazy experience. But we haven't really given you any opportunity to ask any questions. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, you guys have covered it all. So unique in, in yeah. the people that you do podcast with because it's probably up. yeah, and you probably used the Q and A, and you're just Q 
I love this. I can just shut up and you guys just go and go and go. Yeah. I love it. Make my job easy. <laughs> so are there like other questions yeah. that you that you are, I mean, like want to ask us? I think, I think we covered most of like the hardest nights, you know. Mm -hmm. I did have my my best day was like the next day, like where I finally was feeling strong and I was motivated because I didn't want to be messing with lungs in the dark. You know, because mm -hmm. that like nailed me in 2015, mm -hmm. the snowstorm up there. So I was like fighting for every single minute that day. Yeah, you know? he was finally yeah. meeting his splits. The last yeah. two days were finally him meeting splits. And they actually pulled up the Excel document and yeah. like it's something like peak 83. They're like, hey, you're back at where you're, you're doing okay. Everything before, nothing yeah. on yeah. track. Everything yeah. was messed up. Peak 83. We're going peak to peak now, baby. <laughs> you know, and and then you know, and then finally he's meeting his splits the last two days. He's feeling good. He's strong. And then our friend Max meets up with us um, for longs, and we crank that that out. Like yeah, he knew all. Really there's all these shortcuts that people that like really love longs know. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, this guy called the Ranger Trail. And the I've Ranger Trail, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and and he knows, you know, he's one of these guys that knows all the different variations of it. And and so, yeah, I like just let yeah, him so lead when, the way, so you know. we did Meeker and then Longs, and, and really, we it, it surprised us to summit Longs in the light. We didn't mm -hmm. think we were going to get that. We just mm -hmm. wanted to get, you know, the certain hard spots over yeah. with in the dark, I mean, in the light. And we got to the summit, right. I mean, we had maybe five minutes of light left and it was, pretty incredible it was such wow. a a high for us and you know we joke he should have you know we should have finished and then started the record over because then he's so strong and he's feeling great so might as well just start it all over I was again really surprised because i was actually putting the hurt on max he's a super fit you know uh, he, nice. well, he goes to stanford he's super fit going there like on a full ride on their track and field team you know and so to be to be hurting max who we we had climbed quandary once before and i mean he made me cry for mercy you know so so it was nice to yeah you know, it was nice it to, took, put, to put to put to put him out of breath yeah yeah it, yeah we him, did it yeah you know, like hurting a little yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was wow. kind of fun but, wow yeah. that's so cool I can listen to you guys all night. This has been fantastic, you guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. This has been, uh, it's been just, just awesome. Um, so we talked about the lows. We talked yeah. about some highs. Um, I mean, I'm guessing we pretty much covered all the standout memories too. Like looking back, now you're a few weeks removed. Was it like a month ago or so you finished this? Yeah, when did I finish? You remember what day it was? Let's see. What's today's date? Today's, today's the 18th. It, it was yeah, it was about a month oh, ago. Wow. A month ago. Yeah. On like the, uh, wasn't 19th like the or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So like, yeah. what are your thoughts looking back on this? Are you pretty, pretty satisfied with it? Or do you feel like you could go back and take it down to oh, 18 or 19 oh, days? You know, I, you know, honestly, I'm really satisfied. You know, it's mm -hmm. what's satisfying about it is it kind of reminds me of the first time I went for the 14 er record when I was, I was like 24. I hadn't researched it all. It was like the battle of my life at that point. And I did like 14 days. I mean, or, or just under 14. I barely beat the previous record by like an hour. And, and, uh, but it was just, it, it really changed my, who I was in the sense that I had accomplished something that was so hard and I hadn't quit. And yeah. so at that point on, I feel like I always had this confidence that I could overcome things, you know, and that became sort of my MO. It's like, I may not be fast, but I can suffer, you know, and I'm not going to quit. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's, I, I have quit some, I will say, but, you know, it takes, it would take a lot to make me quit, you know? Yeah, that's definitely it, your strength. 
Right, right. And so uh, it, it's satisfying like that one was. You know, and then later when I set the 14 record in 2015, I mean, I took like basically four days off that previous record, mm. right? You know, from, mm. from just under 14 to just under 10. Wow. So clearly that wasn't the fastest it could have been done. But I really was satisfied just from the battle and surviving it. And that's what this felt a lot like. Mm. You know, mm. it was just like, you know, I mean, from wanting to just sort of stop at day one, just because the condition seemed so ridiculous right. and being so beat up. I also had, I, I was constantly fighting these tendon, tendon injuries and swelling. Swelling. And like, I, I've got a hernia now that got caused by this whole thing. I don't really? know where I got it, but now I've got that. This kind of causing me some pain. And, uh, you know, uh, so just, it's very satisfying. And I really don't have any desire to better the record. I mean, if anyone else wants to come and get it, I mean, that's, you know, I really don't care. I mean, in, in the sense that they can beat the record. I mean, that that would be this great. Was, this was kind of more of like a personal accomplish that yeah. he's accomplishment that he's been wanting to do for a long time. A long this time. wasn't really yeah. for, hey, we're going to go out and set this FKT thing. You know, totally. it was more of just like, I don't expect really... any of those records to stand because there are people that are so fast, you know. Mm -hmm. You, you know so so uh, but this is yeah. so massive you know yeah, i think so that big. it takes it takes a lot it's not just like some fast person can come out and yeah, do it, it, it takes an, a lot. another idiot yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another complete fool. But, but like yeah. i said it's, it's more like we're not looking to go out and better what we did it's right. you know we have other plans we have other goals and Good. we want we just are really happy with the experience Good. but I will, Good. I will say like it does uh man i really just you know I've, i haven't you know i've spent a lot of time on the 14ers mm -hmm. like a lot of time yeah, I think, you have yeah, well finally you know for years i was sad because a lot of people will document every single hike they've ever done you know and so they'll know exactly how many 14ers they've done man i never kept track of that stuff right. you know right. so i would do a lot of these you know i hear when i did the biking thing i mean i must have i was doing all kinds of peaks and training for that didn't keep track of it finally andrea wanted me to try to well let's think of all the ones you've done for sure I did them all once as a kid. I did them with my first son, Axel, or, or Calvin, then Axel. Did them, all, the you know, all these other cetera, cetera, records. Cetera. Yeah, so so I did a ton of them, right? And so when we add it all up, it's, it's now with this one, it's something like 800 peaks. Yeah, he's and, just and, shy of 800. So I'm thinking, well, you know, you know, that's a goal. Maybe to hit 1,000 is like a yeah. lifetime goal. Like, Would that be fun? But, but the, yeah. the thing is, I, I feel like maybe I spent too much time on just the 14ers, right? You know, I probably should have done a lot of the 13ers and stuff. And now it's just like when you do one of these really busy peaks, like I just really like it prime time hours. You know, yeah. it, you know, you can go to Beerstadt. You can actually have a great time on Beerstadt if you go at a non-standard hour. Right. You know, right. but uh, but if you go up there on a Saturday morning, it's just not my thing. You know, there's so <laughs> many people. Right. And all these individuals, you probably are probably neat people that it would be fun if it was just you and them. You meet them. Probably a neat person. But. When there's a million of you, you just really want to put your head down and not talk to anyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so the 13ers are great. You know, they're neat. It's kind of like a throwback to the day when there wasn't this gigantic trail with mountain high cairns that, you know, you know, you had to, you know, it was more of an adventure, as Roach would say, an adventurous way to climb a mountain, you know? <laughs> it's the sporty route. Yeah. Yeah. So I really do. Uh, I am interested in like, you know, 13ers. And, you know, we've talked to people afterward and uh, they've made some suggestions. And so, yeah, we're thinking, you know, maybe we could look around some of the surrounding states for some other neat things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of how we sort of plan our vacations is looking for some 
big route we could do and then we might have to go scout it and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that'll mm-hmm. you know and that's that'll be our vacation one day we'll go beat ourselves up nice. you know and the next big ones we'll probably do as a team you know because it, it's kind of hard you know just you know to have one person be support right. although i really wouldn't mind supporting her i would I, on something big if it came to that but probably the next big thing with you we'll, we'll do as a team again joint you know, effort yeah yeah mm-hmm. Andrew, you said that you kind of wanted to use this as training to get into better shape. Was mm. that for anything specific? Is anything coming up in your future? You train for anything? Um, well, you know, well, we, I just didn't want to waste a month. First of all, I didn't want to waste a month of just being on support, eating his support food, which is cookies <laughs> and cake and gain, gain 10 pounds while he's out there getting in the best shape right. of his life. Right. So I'm like, no, hell no, I'm going to get in shape too. And I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. So I was, so we, so that was kind of the original drive. And then, um, and then, well, we're also thinking like, well, we don't want to waste the fitness that we have from this. You know, we right. both came out of this in very good shape. Super fit. Right? Yeah. 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 And it's really cool because I came out of it super fit, not super beat up. He came out of it super fit, super beat up. Right. Not really. <laughs> not until like weeks later. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, my like, knees are aching. You know, right afterwards we went and we, when we climbed, we just like, like the couple days later, we climbed a couple of yeah. like raising Tories yeah. or something. Or, yeah. We, and it, we yeah. did great, you know? And so he was, he was, you know, so coming out of this, he did, he's doing really yeah. good. He's hurting a little bit. And now. she's been, she's been consistently climbing. I've been, I've been having to do work you know like i use all my vacation for this thing but she's been up climbing a lot of peaks she's probably more fit than than i am yeah so so but basically i knew that i was gonna come out of this um fit and so we have like we were talking about we have some big goals we actually sat down the other day to talk about it we have a few really big goals that could be potentially um that we do as a team um and then we have other smaller goals that also potential a lot of our goals that and adventures that we want to do we're really like screw it let's just make this all co-ed you know we do really well together out there it's super fun together out there let's just keep it up you know and so um I knew that the the 24 hour record has just been kind of on my mind. Just get it done, get it over with. Some of these have been on my mind for so long. I'm like, let's just do it and get it over She's with. She's talking about like climbing the most 14ers like, in a 24 hour period. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And yeah. so, and so that's, so that was kind of what was in my mind. I'm like, okay, well after this, since we're not going to do anything really big together uh, this summer, cause he spent it we spent that on his record this year. And so I was like, well, we could do a couple small things, you know? And so, um, I'm not super excited about that one right this minute. Um, because I was just in Chicago basin. And so I think, um, over labor day, we're just going to go out there and do the 17 mile hike in, climb the peaks and do the 17 mile hike out and set an FKT for it. So that's kind of Chicago basin. The, the boys is way out of my league. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that would be, that would be that mine. Would be hers, yeah. And so, and, and, and it's short, it's sweet. We can do it. And I mean, I we're thinking maybe 16 hours. And so just um maybe that's, you know, cutting it short a little bit. Maybe it'll take a little long, not sure, but yeah. um, it, it was just, I wanted something for me this summer, like one or two things. Maybe if, you know, if I feel really good on that, then I'm like, Hey, let's do the 24 hour, but we actually want to do the crest uh like a mini Crestones, uh, FKT Crestones loop in there. And so, uh, we have a little bit of scouting to do and kind of figuring out times and stuff with that. So, um, it just seems more logical. Like if we just want to bang something out really quick 
this summer for what the time we have left is to just go into Chicago Basin since I was just there and it's fresh in my head and we can just get in and get out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Yeah. But some other, we've got, you know, we've got other big ones planned that we just really have to sit down and kind of talk about and discuss and plan. Kind of like our, our kind of like our life sort of goal though, is like we we're continuously trying to just keep doing something, mm-hmm. you know? And so just like every day we try to get in a workout, you know, I mean, I still haven't missed, even after doing the whole centennial thing, I never missed a workout day. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of those workout days were super, just getting on my bike on the trainer and spinning for like a half hour. So super easy. But But just to always keep moving. I mean, isn't that the key to life? You always just need to keep moving and then you'll be moving for a really long time. You know, it seems like in my past, it was always this big cycle, which is natural. You know, usually in winter, you know, and I still do even when I'm working out all the time, but you gain weight in the winter, you get more fit in summer. And there, but there'd be this big cycle. We're just trying to even out those highs yeah. and lows and, 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 and keep and, it at a higher sort and of keep like ourselves yeah. from starting over because yeah. when you don't have to start over and start your training over, then it's so much easier to prepare and to, to get into your summer training, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys make such a good team. Uh, you're both so good together and you guys support each other so well. It's, it's really admirable. It's, it's pretty awesome that you guys found each other and you make it work this way. Yeah, Um, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) Um, were, I mean, were there any moments of arguments out there? Were there any moments of Andrew? I hate you. No, (laughs) not not that. Was it pretty smooth? That intense. Good. But there were definitely moments where like, uh, you know, where, you know, it's stressful for the support. Um, yeah, big time support crew, right? Because especially, you know, I think it was a lot better in 2015 where I was really hitting my splits. So it was like, man, it's like if I said I was going to be in a certain time, I'd be there or maybe even be 10 minutes early, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have to worry about stuff like that. But this time there's sort of a lot of, well, you know, hopefully I'll be at this time and then I'll be a couple of hours late, you know, but at but least that would never lead to like yeah. anger. Right, right. Yeah. But, but, but I feel like it added to the stress level because there were lots of times when I would come in. And Andrea would like be in a bad mood or something, right? Oh, For so, various reasons. Right. So like, I, I would say the worst of it was just the stress level. Nothing was ever like, I would always tell him like, I'm not mad at you. You know, you're right. not what I'm at. I'm just stressed, you know, mm-hmm. and I've got, you know, stuff to do. And, you know, we, you know, this wasn't our best communication day. And so I'm just stressed out. And so, you know, and I tried not to like show it that much, you know, because coming back to the car, I know he always really looked forward to it. And so I would say just like the most frustrated we got was on that communication day when we were going up massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, um, when I was meeting him for massive, that was probably the most I was annoyed with her. Yeah. Just like I kept sending out that same text. over, yeah. and over. But it was funny <laughs> after we met up and we were kind of like, going, well, why did you do this? And why did you do that? It was like, you know, and then we're hiking down the trail, you know, everything's fine. And it's like, you know, you know, message notification, message notification. So now we're getting in some of the messages we had sent before, you know, which is that delayed. Yeah. And so like, honestly, people are like, well, gosh, how do you do it? It's such a high stress environment. And honestly, this is like the mountains and things like this, no matter what we go through out there is where we reconnect. It's where we connect. It's where we have really some of the highest moments in our relationship. And it's where we are really like, wow, we're really meant to be together. So I'd say most of like our hardest moments are when we're at home, you know? And so when we're 
days and days and days in the mountains going through a hard time out there, that's like where we grow closer and grow stronger. And okay. that's kind of where our strongest points lie. So probably the opposite for a lot of people, you know, it's put people out, put couples out there and they'll fall apart. You know, it's kind of for us, we grow together. And, and cool. for me, you know, one of my, the best things of any day is when you get back to the car, you know, you're yeah. just like so desperate to come around the corner and see the car and, you know, and so it's such a good feeling to get there. And then Andrea is there taking care of me. So it's usually this really great feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one time when I was like, got there and she seemed like she was in kind of a bad mood. So I was like, you are not allowed to be in a bad mood right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, like there's definitely some bickering going on. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's what you want to call for it. Sure. There's for sure bickering. I mean, yeah, I don't think we go a day without bickering. <laughs> but wow. yeah. Uh, yeah, but but the overall picture is just we really thrive out there together for sure. Yeah, yeah. After a big adventure like this, is it difficult for you guys to sort of slip back into the real world? Do you have a period of adjustment for like a couple of days there, or are you guys pretty good at just turning that around? It, it was it's super hard it's for hard. me. It's yeah, really yeah hard. for me, it's, okay. it's like I I get um you know I get really depressed kind of, yeah. and I feel um you know you, I feel fit right and i like that and uh and then you just sort of see the weight coming back on and but i gotta work you know i gotta work mm. and like now I've, you know i my training's been sidelined uh because of this hernia thing and i also i tripped at one point and hurt my elbow and it's been really annoying me lately and so you know that makes push-ups hard you know and mm. uh so it's just sort of depressing and now school starting and there's all this I've got one kid in college, one in high school, one of oh, starting high school, one starting middle school. So there's all this, you know, driving kids to school and trying to figure things out. It, there's just so much to do. Yeah. Like a and, lot of, a lot of times, like when we came back, we were, we would be like, man, like, I just wish we could yeah. go back into the mountains where we right. didn't have anything to worry yeah, just about. Let me, you know? that all I got to focus us climb. on is that next step forward. Yeah. Know? Let us climb and eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then just like getting back into the routine for me is really just like getting back into work. That's always a hard mm -hmm. one for me. Right. I struggle with that. So, yeah. you know, and then tired, we were so tired for a really long time oh, after this. Like it took us a long time to catch up on sleep for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unreal. What a story. I'm mm -hmm. so happy that you guys completed this because the last time I talked to you was right after you had finished Holy Nolans. And I asked you what the next thing was. And you're like, eh, we're kind of thinking about the centennial thing. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but you know, yeah. you're tossing the idea around. And yeah. here we are like a year later, you guys made it happen. So yeah, shoot. So yeah. Cool. So, so cool, cool to just like make, make these things real, you know, it's just yeah. so cool to accomplish them. And yeah, really cool. it, it is really satisfying because, uh, you know, I, I really didn't, I don't know if I thought, I mean, I always think I'm going to make it right, but really I knew there was a very good chance I wasn't going to finish this. It was just, it was almost too big because the 14 record took me 10 days and I was, you know, beat up, you know, it was like a complete death march. And so it was like, how am I going to make this work twice as long? You know? And so that's, you know, so the plan was to sort of add some more sleep in there and to try to make it sustainable. It certainly wasn't the same pace as before, you know? Um, but I really just didn't know how it was going to go. Am I going to survive the tendon troubles and, and all this stuff and all the unknowns, which man, they really hit us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, it's, I feel very fortunate to have had this plan and actually have succeeded. You know, I mean, looking back, maybe it would have, you know, if you're really just focused on the best time, honestly, the, probably the most ideal thing to happen would be to get halfway through and quit, 
you know, and because then you learn so much from the mm -hmm. one failed attempt, like I did with the 14er record failing mm -hmm. the year before, then you could really fine tune the plan mm -hmm. and, and nail it. Um, but in this case, I'm just sort of, I think I'm happy to sort of check this just one off the list and, and move on to yeah. something, something else, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this was, what a great adventure. And mm -hmm. I'm excited to sort of like get my kids up the centennials now, you know, the uh, 14ers. Yeah. And uh, so it'll lead to some great adventures and stuff, but I'm excited to put it behind us and I'm glad we made it too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, congratulations over and over to you guys. It's such a huge adventure and you guys overcame so many obstacles out there, which is what <laughs> makes it even cooler. Like when I heard that you did this, I just have this picture in my head, like, oh, Andrew Hamilton just set this thing up and did it perfectly and everything went smooth, just like all of his adventures, but it's not really like that. So it's, no. it's I love hearing you guys' stories and I love all the little details about cars breaking down and almost dying on day one. And <laughs> I love it all. And, and looking back, that's probably the stuff you guys are going to remember too. So yeah. 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 It is. I'm glad to be able to talk to you because as time goes by, I don't remember a lot of the more harder things, you know, you, 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 you lose that. Yeah. You, you lose the yeah, emotion, you lose you the, the detail, That's yeah, true. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forget how hard it was to like go do that little bear day after the Pikes day when I was so injured, you forget how hard that was, you know, so you forget all that stuff. So if you don't get out and talk about it or write it down, it just, it breaks my heart. I think of all these great stories I've had that I've just forgotten about, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I appreciate being able yeah, to tell and, the story and, and, and stuff. And like talking about just like, you know, just the unknowns and things. There were two things that um, also happened to Andrew. One was the beginning, like he had this kind of trench foot type thing. We don't really know what it was, but his foot was just wet. It for was wet so for about long. a week. It was just always wet. And so he had this like patch on the bottom of his foot that just wouldn't, it stayed white and it was really mm. painful and it had like these deep cracks in it. And so that could have taken him out easily. Um, it was mm -hmm. super painful for him to walk on. His sister ended up putting the skin glue that she had um, on it and it really healed up his foot but that could have um easily taken him out if it had gotten worse like he was just in a lot of pain with that thing and then i guess when we were on silver heels um just something little that could have been disastrous like you know his bike crash could have been disastrous but um he he tripped over this rock and he landed on his elbow and i and he just like laid there in so much pain and i was like oh my god what happened like and i was like did you break it you've got still you got climbing to do still and so um and he felt like you know it was like he just was in so much pain and um and and to right today like we think that he could have chipped there could be a chip bone in there. It's still really swollen. And so mm. trying to like get through that, but it was, you know, the next day we saw it was all bloody under his shirt. And I was like, oh, that's why he was so sad. You know, like, so, <laughs> so just like little stuff like that, there's just so much that we will like forget in time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just nice to be able to talk about it on here and just have it, you know, have our memories yeah. on here talking with you. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I want to document this stuff. I want to hear these stories yeah. and I want to get them out there for other people to hear too. So mm -hmm. you guys, this has been just such a treat for me. I could listen to you guys all night. So just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I, I just love it. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. To, talking to you. I yeah, can't wait till your next adventure you. and uh, we'll, we'll talk some more, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep in touch and we'll, and we'll keep in touch and let you know what we're doing next. And it would be super fun to 
to talk again after absolutely whatever <laughs> uh, it's always fascinating always inspiring so just yeah keep yeah. it up you guys yeah thanks yeah. a lot yeah, thank thanks you. for having us absolutely anytime you guys enjoy the rest of your summer and uh talk to you guys soon see you on the trail yeah, that sounds great yeah, thanks, thanks. okay yeah bye-bye Andrew and Andrea, come on, you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I uh, really enjoyed it, and I just love watching you guys, you know, from afar and seeing all the adventures you guys get up to. Uh, it inspires me and inspires a lot of people. So thank you, guys, and thank you to the listener. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Are you thinking about your first 5K, marathon, or ultra marathon? We are here for you. We do coaching. We can get you coached up. We do crewing. We do pacing. We can get you to the finish line of that ultra marathon. Uh, I love this sport, and I love seeing people cross the finish line. If we can be a small part of your story, it would feed my soul, our soul, in a big way. We know how to get you to rally and get you into that finish line. We want to help. We want you to do big things. We were at Leadville this weekend. We got some butts across the finish line. Look us up, big-things-crewing.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please write us a review or share it on social media. It helps be seen among all the other podcasts out there. Find us on the social media platforms as Big Things Crewing. And as always, our website. Is big-things-crewing.com. want to thank our sponsors, Exoskin, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. And I'm not just saying that. I was a little skeptical at first, but the more I wear their stuff, the more I love it. It's literally like a secret weapon, having this stuff in your back pocket. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. Use the discount code BTC, all caps, for 15% off. You don't like it, send it back for a full refund. That's it. Thank you to Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% promo code there is McRobertsA20, all caps. Uh, we're hooking you guys up with a discount on the finest non-alcoholic beer on the market. We also want to thank Will and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look up On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast for a 10% discount. You can find us on Patreon. Be a part of the tribe. Patreon.com slash do big things for exclusive content. And that would be the best way to support this show if you're still hanging in here with us. Remember, you guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.